I just want to say one thing to my wife who's home. Yo, Adrian! So it turns out it was the son the whole time. He was just wearing his mum's outfit. Oh, that makes more sense. It's crazy, I tell you. That is very crazy. Oh, we've started on. Ooh, put it away. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Sorry You're In My Seat, a weekly podcast that unites best friends on a quest to find the greatest movies of all time. I'm your host, Aaron, and I'm talking movies and films with my best buddy, James. Hello there, sir. Uh, this is Sorry You're In My Seat. We've done 140 episodes. Mate, and they've been a pleasure to do. They have, and each week we take on a different movie topic or theme, like last week when we did Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters, yes. Oh, man, but if you go through our catalogue, we've done all sorts from Back to the Future, Jurassic Park, director's specials. Karai Kid, Amy Adams. Mate, we've got a panache for the very best. It, we, we Honestly, we will leave no stone unturned on the quest to find the greatest movies of all time, unless that stone is Corinne Adam Sandler. Yeah, but do you know what? This week we've got a peach of a stone to unravel, mate. We a peach. do, we do. And that is the classic movie, Rocky. Mate, not just Rocky. I, I know everyone, everyone likes a bit of Rocky. But if you're like me, you like Rocky, Deep Rocky, mate. Deep Rocky. Well, it, it, I mean, the, the podcast is quite long. You know, we we, we touched on that one hour to two hours. I mm. don't think we're going to do all five justice. Yeah. So we'll focus on the first one because we've got a whole bunch of other movies to also talk about. Um, but yeah, the main emphasis is... Rocky one. This is a podcast that looks for the greatest movies of all time. And if we find them, we put them in our vault. So if James and I have revisited a film within the last seven days that is worthy of the sorry in my seat vault, the safe haven for the greatest movies of all time, we will put them in there. And Rocky, the first one, is what's on the table today, isn't it? I believe it's already in the in the vault when we did a sports episode. But you know what? Any excuse to go back to that classic. And you know what? I'm going to slip in some references to the film as well because, mate, I'm a slut for Rocky. I love Rocky. I love Rocky. I love, I love it. I love it. It's ridiculous. You know, so popery in the fifth one. I love it when he's up against literal, like, communism in the fourth one. I'm like, just Rocky all over, mate. Rocky all over. I remember Rocky growing up that I think I was I was about 13, 14, going to stay at my mum's on the weekends, and I think ITV or BBC One were playing the Rocky movies. You know, Saturday, Rocky One, the next week, Rocky Two, or Five. Oh, that sounds like a great few weeks. Yes, yeah, so this was before, obviously, the Rocky... Uh, Balboa movie came out. Do you know what? I, I would personally ignore that one because I would like to do an episode in the future about aging heroes and I mm. think that'd be a great one to slot in. Yeah, and obviously now we have Creed as well, so the installments, yeah. it's the gift that keeps on giving this universe. But I remember them first five movies getting so excited like, after watching one and then kind of like my parents or people that I knew, they, they're like, oh yeah, and, and then the second one, like Apollo Creed comes back and they have a yeah, rematch yeah. and I'm like, oh my God, like a week. And then, then the third one, it was like, you know, oh yeah, there's a guy, Mr. T's like Mr. in T, it. Like when he, but Mr. T was really cool at the time. Yeah. Like, he's a good guy. He's like, no. And then it was like, uh, Simon, oh, the go, fourth one, he goes to Russia and, and I, I remember the and, hype and, was real. And he ends the Cold War, mate. He does. He ends the Cold War by beating the shit out of someone. <laughs> then I can't remember many people that remember the fifth one. Mate, but, I, mate I can remember fucking <laughs> everything about the fifth one, mate. It's, it's a fucking tale. It's a tale about the uh, the world of uh, you know um, boxing promotion, mate. It's it's a really stabbing, uh, articulate, critical response to it, and it's, it's, it holds up, mate. When he's against Tommy the Machine, machine gun. gun, yeah, you can't win them all <laughs> in a back alley boxing fight, mate. Do you know what you say that? You say that, and I'll get now get into this point. Underrated, underrated masterpiece. <laughs> I haven't got access to the fifth one. I would have watched it in preparation, but I haven't. 
So I'm going to leave that to you. But yes, Rocky won. But that's on, the main event. That is the main, main event. There's so much more to talk about before then. We've seen so many movies this week. So settle in, strap down, whatever it is you need to do, buckle up. I can't think of anything better. It's coming. There's a lot of movie talk coming on. If you like this show, as always, don't forget to uh, subscribe and leave us a review. Tell your friends, tell anyone who listens to podcasts, tell them sorry on my seat. We'll welcome you with, you know, arms wide open. Oh, that's very velvety. I've got nothing to respond to that in my whiny bitch voice. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Where should we kick off? Now, this week on Amazon Prime, a new movie dropped. Now, when I say this week, this episode is recorded on the 12th of April, so it will be about a week in advance. Mm. So when this drops, but... We have just had the weekend of which Palm Springs was released on Amazon Prime. Yeah. The new movie starring Andy Samberg, who I'm quite a fan of. I'm a huge fan of. I, I like his roots as well. He's, he, he helped produce Brigsby Bit, which is one of the films you could say led to this podcast. He is because he has a cameo in it. He does have a cameo in it. And I believe when he was in SNL and when he created his own YouTube channel, the director was also one of his friends on it. So there's a lot there. I think he, I think he likes the indie stuff. This mm. film's quite indie. You know, he, and he's phenomenally funny in Brooklyn Nine-Nine. He doesn't age. He does. That's true. He doesn't age. Vampire. Yeah. He's Paul He's Rudd. He's Paul, Paul, Paul Rudd. Rudd Keanu Reeves and Andy Samberg know the elixir to life. Yeah. So what we're trying to say is kill them. <laughs> Drink their blood. Uh, the movie also stars Kristen Milioti. And oh, it's got- she's brilliant. I love her in pretty much everything. The only downside is she's never really in that. She needs to be more things. I love her. Yeah. I, I, I hope, if out of anything, this is a gateway movie for her. Mm. Um, it also stars J.K. Simmons, who I fucking love J.K. Simmons. In, in, in full J.K. Simmons. I like this J.K. Simmons. <laughs> so do we. Born, playful. He has one of the greatest lines in cinema history. <laughs> when, he referen- is. <laughs> when he references his son watering a, watering a turd. But yeah. we'll get to that in a few minutes. The basic plot of this movie, if you have access to Amazon Prime, it is a one hour 30 R-rated movie, so it's about 15 rating. Oh. The holy grail of the 90-minute feature. That's all you need. It is all you, and, and you can tell a succinct story in that time, mate. It is. It is Groundhog Day. It is the uh, the parable of the chap or the person who wakes up and is reliving the same day over and over again. In this instance, it is the day of a wedding. A wedding where he is not the best man. He's not the groomsman. He's got no integral part to play yeah, in this wedding. He's outsider, isn't he? He is the plus one of someone at this wedding. Everyone's worst nightmare of being dragged along to a wedding that you didn't want to go to in the first place. Having to relive that day over and over again for eternity. Yeah, pretty much as if I've, I've only ever been to one wedding. Yeah, yeah. and that dragged. That was my wedding. <laughs> Thanks, mate. No, only joking. Um, can we just say though that how great is it that Groundhog Day is now a genre? Yeah, <laughs> it's just like he's been groundhogged. But I, do you know what? This is one of my favorite storylines. Even when I go back a few, few like a oh, uh, few, a few Octobers ago, a few Octobers ago when we did a Halloween episode, I was talking about uh, Happy Death Day. I really liked that idea that stuck in the loop of being murdered. I mm. thought that was brilliant because it takes a timely old like the day reset. You can have so much fun with it. Like you can develop your characters. You can develop one character but no one else. I really like it. The X Files episode with the bank that keeps blowing and mm. Mulder and Scully are in the loop and they don't realize it. There's only one character. And, Every day she has to convince Mulder not to go into the bank. It's fucking brilliant. I really love this shit. I, I, I thought it's a really good mechanism for a comedy. It works so well in the comedy genre. Uh, Andy Sandberg, I think, is really strong in this movie. Um, just, I obviously, don't, not going to spoil it. Not spoil it, but you need to tell some yeah. bits about it. There, there are, um, so uh, obviously, Kristen Milioti's character in the movie gets uh, dragged into this um, Grand Hog scenario. So you see, you go through her first day and her second day and her third day. But but you've got to remember that Andy uh, Sandberg's character by this point, he's been in there possibly billions of billions of days. Like he's mm. lost all track of what his life, well, 
you know, he's done so many things that he could basically, he's the opposite of Bill Murray from Groundhog Day. Groundhog Day, you know, he uses that power to, you know, better himself. You know, there's that 10 second segment where he does whatever he wants. Mm. Well, that's what Andy Samberg has been doing for like millions of days. <laughs> and I just loved that. What I like about it as well is that Andy Samberg is kind of content with this is life yeah. now. This is, it, as, he doesn't want to escape. He's yeah. just like, no, I'm fine with this. And in a not in your face role reversal kind of way, it takes um, Christine Miliotto's character, um, Sarah, to come in to save him. Mm. You know, or or at least to kind of snap him out of I this. Save herself. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but it, it is a nice kind of role reversal, gender reversal kind of play yeah, for this. And um, I, I actually really enjoyed. It. I was surprisingly, I thought it was surprisingly funny throughout. Oh, I do. You know what? I watched it with a smile on my face throughout the entire runtime. And there's there's two moments, mate, where I had a bit of a bit of a, bit of a very big chuckle. Because it's the sort of thing I imagine you and I would do. Like they go to the wedding, there's a bomb in, a bomb in the cake, and mm. they they've they've put they've pulled together like a sketch, mm. <laughs> and then there's a dance routine in a bar which they've obviously spent ages. And, <laughs> and then they go and they perfect it, which ends with them tornadoing, flipping the bird to everyone else. Just fuck it. That's exactly what I would do. Yeah, <laughs> it is good. In in a day where it doesn't matter if you die or if you fall asleep, you're gonna wake up. You can relive that day a hundred times, however you want it. Um, it cuts way to so many good montage sequences. Uh, you know of, of him. Um, taking on different roles at the wedding, punching people at the wedding because you get away with it. Because tomorrow it resets and everyone forgets what happens. <laughs> in which tries to bed the uh, bed the bride. Yeah, it's like, can I cut in? And he's, and that, <laughs> that was almost like it's the first dance. He's like, is that not a thing? I thought it was fucking brilliant. It is good. It's well worth a watch. He's not going to win any awards, I don't think. Um, but it is one I think that would pleasantly pass the time. Palm Springs is well worth watching. It was charming, and J.K. Simmons in it plays a range from like, like two scales, mate. Two yeah. scales of like the lovable family man to the opposite. His his character in this, I absolutely love. I imagine J.K. Simmons probably didn't fully understand the script when he got involved, but then <laughs> fully, fully got him into the role when he was there because. There is just so many funny scenes with him in it. Um, but yeah, you're right. It's two levels, isn't it? There's the lovable character and then there's the, fucking, <laughs> there's monster. the horrible monster yeah. that he is. What a film. Uh, yeah, Palm Springs. Really, really enjoyed it. Really enjoyed it. Um, so that is recommendation number one. James, I watched some, uh, very quickly, I started Invincible um, this week as well, the animated series on Amazon. Oh, who's that got in it? Uh, it's got J.K. Simmons in it, actually, surprisingly. Yeah, so it's a nice segue. Do you know why I won't watch it? Why? Isn't it weekly release? Well, they've done the Amazon thing. So Amazon Prime release three episodes up front, yeah. then it's weekly. But so I, now there's six episodes up. I pay for my video. I pay Netflix and Amazon are a video on demand service. That means that when I want to watch it, I want to watch it. Now I understand why they're doing it. Because essentially you could buy a weekend and you could watch it all and it drags it out and the viewership's good. But I, that's the opposite to me. Like Line of Dewey on BBC, which is a great series, I have to watch that week and week. I want my content and I want it now. I pay for that privilege. Fuck you. You're gluttonous, you are. I'm gluttonous. But I, I get why they... I had this chat. We had this chat recently about WandaVision. I thoroughly enjoyed waiting weekly to see that and see where it went. And I felt quite sad when it was over and I got invested in it. I and guess I get that, it because you mm. you know, you know, look what WandaVision did. The whole world was talking about it then for eight, nine weeks. Whereas if someone binges it over a weekend, you're one article. You know, and Rob, I was listening to Robert Kirkman, who's one of the co-creators uh, of... Um, uh, you know, of uh, Invincible, also Walking Dead. And and he was saying like the the pl- Amazon Prime is the perfect platform because you give people 
three episodes up front to kind of get the buzz going and then you do weekly releases and then you are getting write-ups weekly as opposed to one write-up that summarises the whole series. No, no, I get that. I get that. But at the same time, that's no different then from like the BBC. Yes. And it's supposed to be different because it's video on demand and I demand the end of that series. Yeah, but I mean, when it's out, you can just... But that's fine, but that's, that's, that's an argument I'll have Whenever there's a series I want to watch that comes out, it stars so. Stephen Yun in it. Uh, it's also oh, Stephen Yun, Sandra Oh, it's J.K. Simmons, Zazie Beetz, Walter Goggins, mate, Zachary Quinto, nice. Mark Hamill, Clancy Brown, Seth Rogen. So did you, John just, Hamm, Hersha Ali? Did you just drop the Kurgan, mate? There is so many people in this. I mean, the first episode does play out like a Walking Dead episode. I think everyone in the first episode. Good thing about Prime is if you press pause, it gives you the X-ray and it tells you who is in the scene. Everyone just about in this in uh, in the first episode is in Walking Dead. Oh, fair. And right. I don't know their real names, only their character names. So, uh, but I, yeah, yeah. It, it, but it is thoroughly enjoyable. It is um, just about a young boy uh, turning coming of age who find who's waiting for his superhero powers to develop and pop. Yeah, I get and his you. dad happens to be the most super mate. There was a film called Sky Eye where that was Kurt Russell, and this kid didn't have any powers. They sent him to superhero school. He was like high school for superheroes. Well, this is, you just wake up one day and you've got them. Oh, so this isn't... Oh, okay. No, you should, yeah, so you you should, not, for the record, you should watch Sky, because it's fucking weird. <laughs> well, J.K. J. Simmons plays like the Superman character, the... You know, yeah, he's got it all. Yeah, 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 the super, super... Does he um, have a moustache? He does, mate. Yeah, he does. He does look surprisingly like... Uh, J.K. Simmons? No, um, <gasps> Spider-Man 1. Oh, I got it, yeah. James Jonas. James, James Jonah Jameson. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but... Stephen Young uh, plays Invincible, the character Invincible in this, or Mark Grayson, who gets his powers one day. And so he's the half, he's the son. So he's a half-blood of the most infinite race going, this superpower that he's got. Um, I watched the first episode and heard that Robert Copeman was like, oh yeah, it's the goriest thing I've ever done. Like, if you think Walking Dead's got blood and guts in it, you, you don't see nothing. And I watched the first episode and I was like, this is this is tame. It's fine. I, I, you know, I, didn't, I didn't watch it for the gore or anything. Mm-hmm. Um and then the last 10 minutes of the first episode is just fucking brutal. And then pretty much every episode after that, it, it is, brutal. is brutal. Yeah. Um, but it is fully enjoyable. It's got the right blend of like comedy, good storyline, really good animation. Um, I really want to see where it goes. It's yeah. like the trifecta, isn't it? If it's done enough to get you invested. So <clears throat> I guess what you can say is, will you be watching next week? Oh, hell yeah. Then, yeah. then it's done its job, isn't it? It's got you involved. It's, it's seduced you, sir. And I was looking for an animated season series. Because there's a lot that are too far gone now for me to kind of get into. And I know I could get into them because that's Why? the power of streaming. Oh, what? What are you thinking? Well, you know, things like Bojack Horseman. I'm like, how, I don't know, Archer. I'm like, I don't know how many seasons there are for me to get into that. And oh, that's a shame because I think one of the most underrated animated TV series of all time is Futurama. I fucking love it. Oh, no, I do watch Futurama. And I still watch Futurama, Simpsons, Rick and Morty. I do watch that. No, okay, fair enough. I don't think um, I've seen The Simpsons in like about 10 years. I mean, it's the best thing about Disney like Plus up until they started oh, dropping. Oh, you go back to the golden era. Yeah, oh, yeah, I started nice. season one. I think I'm on season four now from starting at the oh, beginning. Yeah, I think it's like season seven is where it peaked. I'll tell you what they should like do. Mr. When they shot Mr. Burns. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's it. You, they should have a uh, filter button so you can just watch all the Treehouse Horror episodes. Mate. Because that's what everyone's waiting for. Oh, I love, I do what, I, you know what I might get Disney Plus, you know. Is Invincible on Amazon or? It's on Amazon, yeah. Oh, so I go. Yeah, it's not going to find a home in Disney. No, no, they're my blood and guts. <laughs> oh, fair enough. Yeah, it is pretty brutal. I mean, you got to kill superheroes in it, so you, it's, it's going to be graphic. It's not going to be easy. Um, I've watched the obvious. I'm just going to wrap through before we get onto the main event, Rocky, because I imagine, like last week when we did Ghostbusters, we kind of got we talked about Mank, Trial of Chicago Seven, and then the big talk was Ghostbusters. So I'm not going to go into these too much of a deep dive. I'm just going to ask for your reaction if you've seen them. Have you seen a movie called The Rhythm Section? No, I missed it when it came out. I think it came out. 
in 2020, uh, it's a Blake Lively movie. It's got, um, what's his name in it? Oh, uh, I don't know. You know, from oh, the, from, uh, Jonah J. Jameson. Yeah, from the notebook. No, from uh, from from the holiday. Oh my God, what's Jude Law? Jude Law, Jude Law, isn't it? God, I don't know why I can't think of his name. I've not made any notes this week. I've you really should have just said like, Smug Englishman. It's <laughs> <laughs> uh, directed by um, Reed Morano. It, it's, it's a it's a fevertal movie. It's a woman whose uh, family is victim of a terrorist attack, and then she's recruited. Uh, well, she's kind of led. Originally, it was like swept under the rug that, um, and then new evidence is, kind of comes out to say actually maybe it was this terrorist cell and this group, and she kind of gets involved in a group that are out to seek the guys that orchestrated the whole thing. Oh, she becomes it, yeah. a, a, you know. Vigilante type Yeah, thing. but not. But not Batman. But yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's what I mean. So she's not, you know, she doesn't overnight become, you know, Jason Bourne, Batman, Liam Neeson, take it. She like, sends a letter, just like to the authorities. Well, no, <laughs> she, you know, she, she's got a gun and she's got some moves, but oh. it's, it, it, you know, it's very rookie kind of esque. But I never saw it when it came out. It, just, it kind of fell under my radar. It, um, and I do like these kind of movies. I recently watched Peppermint on Netflix. Thought that was okay. I, I really liked Atomic Blonde. You know, I, so these revenge storyline kind of movies. Yeah. They, although when you know, you could argue when you've seen one, you've seen them all. This did have a little bit more under the surface. It did have a little bit more context. But there is a hell of a lot of Jude Lord just being a fucking smug bloke all the way through it. <laughs> so uh, I, I just wanted to see if you. It's it's ninety minutes. Oh. But it's very middle of the road. Yeah. We sometimes, do you know what? Sometimes you just need a filler for 90 minutes. You don't want to be blown away all the time. <laughs> what he did do, though, is he did, it does showcase Blake Lively as a lead actor yeah, in a movie, yeah. you know, as, as, as the main vehicle and drive for a movie, which often when she does, you know, um, she has, you know, evidently is, is, is great at what she does. But this movie, I felt, was a little bit outside of Wheelhouse. I was like, oh, no, that was really, really good, you know. Well done, Blake Lively. I hope she listens. I hope she listens as well. I love Blake Lively. Do you want to talk about a movie? Um, do you know what? I watched, I watched, I watched some, watched two films this week. Other outside Rocky films. Oh, yeah. One of them I can't really talk about because it'll lead to, it's got to lead to an episode. So I'll talk about uh, Thunder Force. I haven't seen this yet, but you don't. reception has not been <laughs> kind. It's uh, an American superhero comedy film starring Melissa McCartney, Octavia Spencer, and... Uh, it's Jason Bateman. I love Jason Bateman. They're three people I really like. Jason Bateman's got crab arms in this. <laughs> Mate, you're selling this to me. Like crab arms. So uh, something cosmic has hit the earth and it's given anyone who's basically a sociopath medical uh, superpowers. So it's only villains have superpowers and it's about how, you know, humans deal with it. And then Octavia Spencer as a child, her parents are killed. So she sets up her own company to develop superpowers to, to fight the supervillains. And her, her friend who protects her in school and... Uh, and at college is Melissa McCartney, who's always sticking up for her. People call her a nerd, and she was always there. They grow apart, and then they she comes to visit her at the school, high school reunion. Oh, wouldn't you know it, Melissa McCartney accidentally gets injected with some of the superhero powers, <gasps> and Octavia Spencer gets injected with the other ones. And do you know what? It's it's an hour and 40 minutes. It's not good, but do you know what? After an hour had gone past, I, I was unaware of how much time had passed. And I, I love Melissa McCartney, but she picked the shittest films. Yeah. 
And Jason Bateman's track record of picking films isn't that great. You know, like the change up and things like that. They're not good films. There, or, there is that part of him, isn't there? That, that yeah. you, there is the great stuff. There's the Ozark. There's, you know, the rest of development. There's the stuff that we love him for. But there's some, there's, but there's, then there's a lot the of change up and yeah. There's one where he like changes sperm and ends up impregnating Jennifer Aniston, which I turned off after 40 minutes. Cause I was like, is this a film? It's like Jennifer Aniston's trying to get pregnant. And he's the best friend. And mm. it, was, it, was, it was a bizarre film. I was just like, no, I'm done with this. So, and do you know what? It wasn't good, mm. but that doesn't necessarily mean it was bad. It was, it charmed me a little bit. It wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. And do you know what? I did it. I tittered at some points. Is it a laugh out loud comedy? No. Afterwards, did I feel like I needed a wash? Kind of. <laughs> Take me back through Jason Bateman's crab arms. So he, you'll like this. This will sell the film to you. He was snorkeling with his wife mm. uh, and it turns out that where they were snorkeling was over a radioactive pit mm. and a crab came up and bit him in the dick. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> now we're talking. And now he's basically got, Shakespeare. And now he's got crab arms. Yep. And uh, his wife left him. <laughs> what a bitch. Yeah. Uh, but that means he's single crab-like and ready to mingle. <laughs> <laughs> Till death do his part yeah. slash crab hands. Yeah. So he's got crab arms. Oh, though his whole arms are crap. It's not just his arms. Right up to the shoulder. <laughs> right up to the shoulder. Mate, you're selling this movie. Is one bigger than the other? <laughs> no. Oh, that's the but true are, crap. But there are brilliant scenes like, he's, he's a villain. Oh, obviously. Um, you know, he's, you know, he's, a, he's a villain, but he's not a full villain. You're going to be a good guy with crab arms, Well, you? mate, you, then you should watch this film. Because don't judge, don't judge a man by his crab arms. <laughs> <laughs> you say that every week, to be fair. <laughs> but there is, I'll tell you what, there's brilliant fight scenes. Because when there's a fight scene, he scores off screen. <laughs> and, and I fucking love that. He just, he'll just side. He never runs off screen. He always sidesteps off screen. And I, do you know what, mate? Every time I saw him leave a fight, I was like, that's fucking brilliant. <laughs> just, just, just the extra, the extra bit. Mate, trying to was like, well, he wouldn't walk off. He'd scuttle off. And I fucking love that. And do you know what? Respect for that film to have a scuttling Jason Bateman with crab arms. <laughs> but ultimately, ah, there's, right. there's two things now, James. <laughs> if that is a lie, Jason Bateman doesn't have crab arms. And I've watched this movie. <laughs> That's the greatest lie ever. Because <laughs> you pulled me in. <laughs> I will report back next I, week. I really wish I'd lied now if I told you something even better. That would have been amazing if I'm like an hour and 20 in. I'm, <laughs> so like, I'm saying to Emily, I'm like, any minute now, it's going to get these crab arms. <laughs> Do you want, mate? I mean, there's an emotional toil with those crab arms. But mate, I'm going to save it. I'm going to save it. Dude. And anyway, that was Thunder Force. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> The only memorable thing about it is Jason Bankman's crab arms. I'm looking forward to that, dude. I'm going to watch it. Um, I also revisited uh, or used this week as an opportunity to watch movies that I haven't seen, but I'm very conscious that people ask me and I go, yeah, I've seen that. And I'm, I'm thinking, Am I? I don't think I ever did. I, I just there's, a, there's a term for that. I think it's called Sam did. <laughs> no, but I, I think also, I think I've just convinced myself I've seen it. And then I try to think about it. I've done that with a film. I've, I've done that. So I've done that with a film I'm about to bring up. Carry on. So I, this week I watched from 2014, Fury. I've never seen it. Right. So <laughs> I thought I had. And then I sat there going... What was it about? And then I got, I went on IMDb. Oh, tank team, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And it's uh, Brad Pitt. Brad and then, Pitt. Uh, go on, go on, oh, go on, dear. go on. He's uh, in Peanut Butter Falcon. Yeah, Charlotte Booth. Charlotte Booth, thank you. I think that's it. That's all I know from it. Logan Lerman. Uh, we've oh. got a penis sighting. Hopefully. Michael Pena. Uh, John Bernfinal. I always get his name wrong. Bernfall. The Punisher. Yeah, The Punisher. There you go. Um, and Jason Isaacs. Not as a bad guy. <gasps> 
I don't believe you. I does, know. Does he have crab arms? <laughs> <laughs> so I, I was like, I, I've seen Fury. I've seen, I, I know Fury. It's the, it's the tank movie. It's the movie that Korea used to sink American movies, wasn't it? It's like in 2014, there was the big, uh, we're going to release the interview, the Seth Rogen. Yes. James Franco movie. So North Korea, like... And North Korea was like, if you do, we'll retaliate. And their big plan to retaliate was they leaked on the internet Fury thinking it was going to bankrupt a movie movie studio. And it didn't. I mean, yeah, everyone got it pirated. It wasn't a financial no, success. People do that anyway, don't they? Um, but I was just like, I'm certain I've seen this movie. I remember Brad Pitt and I was like, am I thinking of Inglourious Bastards in all of this? Were you thinking of Inglourious Bastards? Well, no. I mean, it's the same Brad Pitt kind of performance. Mm. Yeah, it's a weird one. I, I didn't, I, I mean, don't get me wrong. Visually, it's a stunning movie. I think there'll be people listening to this kind of going, oh, historically it's incorrect. It's like this tank would never have done that. And <laughs> This is a little tank that could. <laughs> no, but I know my brother's a, like a tank enthusiast. He is a tank enthusiast. And I'm pretty sure he told me previously as well, it's historically it's incorrect that this certain tank wouldn't go that speed. Or but, If you're looking into that, then then that's one thing. As a someone who knows nothing about tanks other than I live in the city at which the tank was invented. Yeah, James, you were. America. Across the, across, the, <laughs> across the road from the tank factory that was recently torn down. Um, yes, we live where the tank was invented. So th- there was a there was a moment of like, yeah, I'll watch this movie. Let's see what it's about. And <laughs> I mean, visually, the, the set pieces are pretty uh, impressive. You know, the tanks, the sounds, the the battles, you know, because it's not... It's not, it's not running from gunfight. It's like, imagine it's tank on tank. Yeah. And there's a certain element of like reloading, positioning, misfiring. See, you, that's you the know. source of fire. I, I bet the tension scenes, like when they build up tension, is pretty cool. Like mm. maybe they've been hunted. It was pretty tense. Yeah. At the end, the last act, the last bit is is fucking full on Man. American, yeah. like single handedly winning the war. Because he shoots the flag at them. <laughs> the Nazis immediately <laughs> surrender. Just fucking stabs Hitler himself <laughs> with an American flag. <laughs> like, no, he it it, it, it does get very silly towards the end of the movie. <laughs> Uh, all you American listeners, thank you. Cheers. Thank, thank you for you thank you for continued listening. Hey guys, my name is Christina. My name is Brian, and welcome to What the Fuck Did I Just Watch? Where every week we will be rolling a 26 face die that will determine the first letter of the movie we will watch this week. The twist is that one of us, or both of us, have never seen the movie before. So join us as we share our thoughts on the movie. I mean, that's gonna be horrible, but yes, absolutely. <laughs> Have a few laughs. <laughs> and discuss what the f we just watched. Mate, we are going to do an episode at this at some point, so I don't want to get too much into it, but I fell for the hype. I went with the big release that this week that they're kind of hoping we're going to drag people back to cinema, get the, get the juices flowing. I have seen Godzilla versus Kong. I paid for it. And do you know what? How does that make sense then? How are they going to get people in the cinema? No, I think it's because get your juices ready. All right. And I think it might be one of the first films that they release as well. So you, the thing is, when you're watching this, immediately you think, I should be watching this on the big screen. Mm. I was thinking that going, this would look glorious on the big screen. Well, I can tell you, Godzilla King of the Monsters did not. Well, and here's where we go, mate. You remember, I've, I've come to you sometimes, I go, oh, I've just rewatched all the X-Men films. Yeah. I've rewatched Godzilla and Godzilla King of the Monsters as well this Why, week. Why, James? To prepare myself for this film. Do you know what? Bradley Whitford is so good in Godzilla King of the Monsters, he actually makes it an all right film. <laughs> Do you know what? The, bit, the bits that are really shit, you're just going, well, soon there'll be a Bradley Whitford moment. Anyway, that's King of the Monsters, and we've had our say on that. Godzilla versus Kong has the same problem that the other films have, is that for some reason there's human characters <laughs> and they're not necessarily needed. What I essentially you want is you want Godzilla at some point to fight King Kong. And it's brilliant. Do you know what? Those scenes are fantastic. The destruction of Hong Kong, delicious. 
it's physics does take a massive jump out the window <laughs> when you've got Kong using like aircraft carriers as skipping stones. He's <laughs> like, cause he doesn't want to go in the water because that's where Godzilla is. So he just like jumps from aircraft carrier and they don't sink. <laughs> yeah. However, you know what? It is brilliant. And then in all versus film, there's a, a third. Of course there is. There's a third play. And do you know what? The third play was actually pretty awesome. When, it, when that reveal happened, I was quite happy. And do you know what? The storyline makes sense. Uh, Bobby. Oh. Billy Bobby Brown. Billy Bobby Brown might be the worst child in the world. Not an actor. The character she plays is just a knobhead. You <laughs> like, if you're a parent, you ground her. Kyle Chandler just ground her. Anyway, they're in it still. They're not necessary. To be fair, her mum was an eco-terrorist. Do you know what? I do like the fact that that's just fucking done. It's <laughs> like, like Charles Dance is not in this movie. <laughs> um, but do you know what? A very enjoyable film. I, I liked it. I wanted to see two monsters smash crap out of each other and do you know what it doesn't it doesn't skimp on the verses there's at least three fights and it was actually quite a good visual effects film and I never come out of, I never come out of watching a film going oh I love the special effects because I don't think that's why I should watch a film but do you know what less storyline more fighting would have been even better mm. I actually quite enjoyed Godzilla versus Kong I, I actually really enjoyed it I enjoyed it a lot more than I thought I was going to I think I'm going to watch it you should I really liked it and I, I just want to compare Godzilla to Matthew Broderick's Godzilla. That's, that's essentially what I want to do because lizard versus actual Godzilla. <laughs> Don't call Matthew Broderick a lizard. Mate, he's scum of the earth and an arsehole. I do love the bit when they lost Godzilla in New York. Mate. That would never not be a thing in my eyes. With not only did they, they lost him in a building. It's like, <laughs> it's like there's a giant hole in prison. Where did he go? Uh, the other side? No, don't question it. He's gone. <laughs> It's like, we can't also, see him above ground. Maybe he's in the sewer. The sewer! And also, I don't know if anyone's pointing this out to the expert animals. Like, he doesn't, lizards don't eat fish. And he's essentially supposed to be an iguana. <laughs> why would he, why would he come up for fish? Mm. Anyway, let's not get into it. And also, wait, which iguana breathes fire? I don't want to get into it. <laughs> also, but do you know what? There's a lot to like about Kong versus, uh, uh, King, a uh, good little Godzilla versus King Kong. Quite enjoyed it, Aaron. Do you know what? Settle down. Have, have popcorn. It's Godzilla versus Kong, isn't it? Is Godzilla versus They've stripped Kong. him of his king title. No, but it does come up into it. Because the whole idea is Godzilla is the alpha predator. And then they do say this quite early on. You know, there are lines, they're called trailer lines. They're in it just so they can put it in the trailer and they're never in the film. Yeah, yeah. Oh, he's fucking full of them. It's just like, but Kong bows to no one. Mm. Uh, later he bows <laughs> to Godzilla. Spoilers. What? But like I say, it's actually very good. If you go in there hating the human characters, which you should, because it's literally Godzilla versus Kong. Quite an enjoyable film. I did actually quite enjoy it. I think if you go into the movie expecting anything other than two massive but the Titans fighting each other, then you're never going to get that. But the problem is they have teased us. Mm. You know, before they've gone, oh, it's going to be like Superman versus Batman. Oh, it's going to be Superman versus Batman. Yeah, in like three minutes towards the end, if you're lucky. Whereas this one, I, I was worried that there was going to be a lot of human elements, and there were, but however, it doesn't distract from the awesome fighting. I'm going to watch it. I will watch it. Yeah. I do. I'm pro Kong, mate. I've always been pro Kong. I love the Kong movies. I'm the other way. I like Godzilla. Mm. And Godzilla's got more about him. The scales. It's the scales. So do you know what? There's a really cool, I don't want to nerd out, but there's a really cool bit. Kong's got an hammer, but I won't get into it. It's really cool. I'm just going to say it, that the Kong movie, Skull Island, was quite good. So that's what I'm going to talk about. I thought I'd seen that film. realised when I was watching uh, Godzilla vs. Kong, no, I ain't seen it. <laughs> so, so that's the one with um, Tom Hiddleston in it. Yeah, I knew, but I thought I'd seen it. But it turns out I haven't seen it. Is Samuel L. Jackson in it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I haven't seen it. Yeah, so he's because, the one who's got like a big gripe against Kong. Because someone told me, it was like, Samuel L. Jackson is. No, he's not. He's yeah. Like, he's, so I think I was talking about the Peter Jackson one. The Peter Jackson, Jack Black one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, which is more the Kong goes to America. Yeah. America. 
do uh, win World War Two, right? Yeah. <laughs> I'd watch that. <laughs> I would watch. I would watch that. The Godzilla, like the Nazis, bring out Godzilla and control him. And like, mate, I'd watch that. That'd be awesome. I uh, will see it when it comes out. Then, okay, that's cool. Should we go to the main event? The the reason why you're here, the reason for the velvety tones, and the reason for the. I mean, I mean, it's been a 37 minute tease. So, what far. does Rocky say about you as a person, mate? What does Rocky say us about as a people? He inspires us at our lowest points. My alarm is a Rocky Balboa theme song, mate. Is it really? It gets me up in the morning because I think if Rocky could get up, I can get up. Hold on. I forgot one movie. Oh, no. I just want to very quickly do this. Just because I've got to bring it up because there's no fucking way I'm bringing it up in another podcast. Is it it's not naturally come up any other point as well? No. What film is it? Death to Me. <laughs> I've got to bring this up, mate. I've up. got to bring this up. Sorry. Sorry. Right. Death to Me. Have you ever heard of this movie? 2020. Tell me at which point in this one I'm about to tell you, and I'm referring these. I did write notes on this because I did it when I was the shit one. Right. Ah, is it shit? <laughs> From what I'm about to tell you, you tell me if this is shit. Okay. All right. So it's called Death to Me. It's shit. No, come on. <laughs> it's directed by Darren Lynn Bozeman from Saw 2 and the movie Ab- Abattoir. Stars Maggie Q. <laughs> and it stars not Chris, not Liam, Luke Hemsworth. I think I might be done, mate. <laughs> No, do you know what? Never judge, never judge a film by its terrible cast list. <laughs> Maggie Q knows what she's doing. This she is does. the second movie I've seen where, uh, of, of Maggie Q's career recently where she's been on a paradise island where terrible things happen. Yeah. You want to be killed off first. Yeah, you should. Like, okay, yeah, I'll be on the beach, lads. You finish this movie. <laughs> Take your time. See you some later. I'll stick around for reshoots. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, if you need me, I'll be over here at the bar. So Maggie and Luke play Christine and Neil, a couple honeymooning or holiday making it's never really explained they're having a good time on an island they're anyway, on an island so paradise like it's they're amazing James. they're a couple they're in a and b it's on the beach it's lovely what rating five star they don't say but I'm thinking do they get a lot of amenities it looks like yeah fresh, yeah, fresh. pillows I think I think that's five star I'd call I th- it five star I think, I think I think it's five star James I'm going to go five star. star it looks it from, from full from... bed and board or <laughs> I imagine all, these, so. all these things that you don't definitely don't know why are we, why are we dragging this out <laughs> <laughs> they wake on. up late on the last day of the holiday. Oh, shit. The room's a mess. They're covered in dirt. They can't remember the last 12 hours. She's got this necklace. They, you know, scramble to get their bits together. They're both really confused. He's on the floor, like half in the bathroom. It's like, well, fucking hell, they must have parted really hard last yeah. night. Um, in, in mud, apparently. Yeah, well, they get in the taxi. The taxi driver's like looking at him. They race into the ferry port because it's a boat off the island. Yeah. He keeps looking at him in the rearview mirror, looking at this necklace she's wearing. She's telling that she can't remember what happened in the last like 12 hours. And he's like, yeah, we. I remember going out for food. Can't remember much after that. Anyway, they get to, oh, then the taxi driver starts freaking out. He kicks him out of the side of the road. He's like, get out of my cab. And, you know, they're all like, why? And he, he doesn't really tell him. They fucking haul ass down to the ferry port. And uh, they've just, you know, they, they, oh no, they, they can't find the passports. So the oh, boat leaves no. about them. But why didn't they Sonya Blade it? <laughs> just like jump. Just appear on the boat just 10 minutes later. No, so, so uh, but they're like, don't worry, there's one more boat at seven o'clock. So not all is lost. So go back to the hotel, find your passport. It's not lost. You got, enjoy your day. Essentially is what they're saying. Just, just a bit weird, isn't it? When they go back to the hotel, he charges his phone and realizes that there are a series of videos and, um, Photos on his phone, so they start reliving it, and then they watch a video of them at this bar the night before. They're doing these shots or whatever, and then he's like, "Fucking hell, this video is four hours long." So they start fast forwarding it, fast forwarding it, and the video ends with him killing her and burying her. Oh yeah, 
I think I think I might call bollocks. I think I might have turned off by now. Death to me. Death to me. I wish it was. <laughs> I was I was like sold on the one line on Netflix. It was it was an hour and a half, James. Yeah. This movie was an hour and a half. We've been sold. And <laughs> <laughs> but then I had to actually watch it for an hour. So and then, I'm done. The, the tagline was two people holidaying, find a video of one killing the other. And I was like, let's see where that goes. That's it's right. 90 minutes. I want to know the ending to this movie. I like to think that, you know, the video that's four hours long, was it the Justice League got? <laughs> nothing amazing. No, it was, it, it was pretty freaky. You know, the amount of body, you know, like, you, you know, it's like, I don't know if you've ever been drunk and someone shows you a video of you the night before. It's terrible when you can't remember being or saying or doing You usually want us doing the video in. Yeah. Some of the early podcasts was me listening back to them and going, I can't remember saying that. <laughs> Glad I stopped drinking. No, yeah, I was like, look, I, my curiosity has been tickled. I'm going to watch it. And um, it really wasn't that great. If you played a Far Cry game, it's very Far Cry. Yeah. Paradise Island, the locals know something's up. This necklace does play a big part in what's going on. We're reanimating the dead, I imagine. There's, this, there's, a, there's a worry about a storm hitting the island. Of course there is. You you know, what what island isn't constantly under threat of storm? What's brilliant is, is about 20 minutes in, they realise that how do they explain these people being on this island? And then, and then she goes, oh... Um, she goes of all the islands you've you've written about on your blog and then the camera just goes to to Luke Hemsworth and you're like fuck off does he have a travel blog <laughs> like there's no part of me that believes he's a travelling blogger but don't imagine that'd be a very boring blog well then then <laughs> or, or the most exciting killed the missus but then, put then on a necklace she's he's taking photos of this festival and he's like narrating at the same time into like a dictaphone like all travel bloggers do I guess and he's like <laughs> and he's he's like Sorry. um He's like, oh, they're celebrating a festival. Yeah, I've checked the Buddhist calendar and there's no festivals this time of year. And then one of them goes past with like a big um, paper mache woman like figure that looks surprisingly like his wife. And you're like, come on, come on. Like, no, yeah. I don't get it. What's happening? I'm not even going to go into it. No, you thanks. Uh, deaf to me, avoid. Where, where can I not watch that? You can not watch it on Netflix. Thanks, mate. It's all right. I will avoid. I do like Maggie Q though. I like Maggie Q in in Die Art. <laughs> yeah. That was it. Oh, no, she was all right in Designated Survivor. Mm. That series that was like, if if Kiefer Sutherland, if Jack Bauer became president, but was really liberal. Wait, did he not? Did that not happen in the 12th season? No. No, it didn't, mate. Now, you ready? Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, time for your main event. Ding, ding. It's only Rocky motherfucking oh, Malboa, yeah. mate. It is. It is. Oh, man. What? Rocky. I mean, okay. So, already talked about, I watched these movies growing up, watched them weekly. I go back to them all the time. James, you've been frothing at these movies I since do. we started this love podcast. Them. Absolutely. Love them. I do what I've made a friend. My only friend I made it in first year of uh, university. I've never really been a people person. So, I believe in the first year, I met this guy, a bit nerdy. He was like, oh, what are you going to do tonight? I was like, oh, I might just listen to the Rocky soundtrack. And you know what, mate? I, my interest was piqued. And I made a great friend there, and we literally went back to his house and listened to the rock. Nothing happened. The, the first, like the first one. No, it's like so. The montage of all the movies. The mon- so it's a montage of all the music, and I, you know what, I bought that CD the next day. Got a bit of Eye of the Tiger in there. He's got Eye of the Tiger. It's got a Kenny Loggins Danger Zone. It's not got Danger Zone. It. It's got a Robert Tipper. Oh, it's not. It's Hearts on Fire. It's not Heart. da- Danger Zone's Top Gun. It's yeah. Hearts on Fire. It's Hearts on Fire's on there, but there's also the big one is the No Easy Way Out by Robert Tipper. That's mm. the big one from Rocky Four. And do you know what? It's the no, Hearts on Fire's the big one from Rocky Four. No, really, he's in. He's in. That's the montage one. Yeah, it is. That's the montage one where he's training. Yeah. No, no, uh, but at the beginning. He's in both. Roger Tipper, No Easy Way Out, is also the montage because he gets in his car and then by the end of the montage, he's on. He's in Russia on top of a mountain screaming. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's got the synthesizer in it. Because it was the... Because it was... 
was the 80s. Mate. Yeah. So. I think we've used Hearts on Fire as an intro to this podcast before. We, we have. Rocky has come up before, but Hearts on Fire isn't the song you're thinking of. <laughs> There's no easy way out. No, I'm thinking Hearts on That is one. Yeah, that's what I mean. That's, yeah, to that's, me, that's the song. Yeah, I fucking love that there's song. There's two, because there's, there's two montages. There's a montage of Rocky being angry yeah. when he's driving his car. That's no easy way out yeah. because because in that one, fuck me, we're going well off here. But in Rocky Four, he replays the last twenty minutes for you in mm. case you've forgotten. Mm. <laughs> when he's just seen like Ivan Drago kill a Creed, and then when he then goes to Russia, that's when that one plays, as I recall. Yeah. Where it's like, yeah, that's when he's like training, and he's like, you see Ivan Drago's fighting in like the real futuristic, modern, steroid fueled environment. And with- Rocky's uh, building a fire. Yeah, he is. <laughs> he's chopping wood and he's lifting logs and he's and, in the snow. And inexplicably, Paulie's there. Why would you bring Paulie? Do you want, know mate? We're getting too fired. Should we talk about the first one, like Let's we said we're going to do? Let's talk about the first Mate, one. An American sports drama directed by John G. Avalden, written and starring Sylvester Stallone. And he famously would not let this, it was everyone wanted to buy this. James Caan was the big thing, wasn't it? James Caan was the one they wanted, the studio wanted. And it, yeah, it's, I think it's well documented. Stallone's been very public and open in interviews about it's it, like, hasn't he? That it's mine. He's, yeah, I'm not dropping this. And, and eventually uh, the studio kind of whittled it down, a very small in the uh, budget, I think it was a million to do the movie. Yeah. Because they weren't going to bring in this big cast. Um, and then it went on to to make 225 million in the first year alone. Just to say, this, these are my favourite franchise films of all time. The Rocky they, movies. They beat Indiana Jones. Just, oh man, that's big. That's big Rocky cool. is it for me. No, Star Wars for me. Okay. I, 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 do you know what? All three of them are pretty pretty epic. I, I wouldn't accept that. I actually see why you go with Rocky. I mean, he's, he's amazing. Such a lovable character. I think um, the, I'll go through the basics. So it starts Telly Shear as well as Adrian. Bert Young is Paulie. Carl Weathers is Apollo Creed. Burgess Meredith is the Penguin. Uh, fuck me. Uh, Mickey. Do you know what? I'd accept that on any other podcast, but you give him his fucking respect, <laughs> mate. It's fucking Mickey. He was the. You can't not see what, the Penguin, though. Do you know what, though? I think he might be the best Penguin. Yeah, yeah. Oh, he's yeah. so good. <laughs> if he had done that, which he does in one of these films, he laughs like, he's just like, yeah, Penguin. Penguin? Penguin in his corner, mate. You're training one of his henchmen. That's how yeah. you look at the films. <laughs> Fucking an aged penguin just takes on a takes on a boxer. Mate. Dude, that is so cool. Rocky is the true underdog story. It's the tale of rags to riches and the American dream. Rocky is a kind-hearted, nice guy um, from a uh, working-class background. He's an Italian-American... Uh, living in Philadelphia. He's a small-time amateur boxer working as a debt collector for a loan shark. Fighting in, like, grunge, isn't he? He's fighting for, like, peanuts. Yeah. Because when yeah. you first meet him, he's kind of in a fight with no rules. And you get the idea as well that he could have had potential, but he maybe wasn't disciplined or that he didn't have the right mentorship. And he's wrong. He's wrong for the world of boxing because he's South Boy. He fights, he leads with the other hand. And the that's unorthodox a, stance, That's a yeah. big point that comes up later is that he's not right for any world. He doesn't fit anywhere. Mm. Oh, that's heartbreaking. Poor Rocket. But his name is drawn to fight the world heavyweight champion Apollo Creed, played expertly by uh, Carl, Carl Weathers. Weathers. Because he basically, this, the fire pulls out. Yeah. And it's the so bicentennial of he has. And he decides to go with Rocky because of his name, the Italian Stallion. The Italians yeah. obviously founded America through Chris, Christopher Columbus. Although, you don't want to get involved in that argument. <laughs> did they? Did he? <laughs> I'm just saying, what the, I'm going with the movies. Right? going with what we taught in school. <laughs> um, and then the idea that he gets picked and Apollo Creed is now thinking about how he can sell the fight because it's, it's not going to be a fight of the ages, it's going to be a spectacle. Yeah, it's an exhibition fight. It's a warm-up, pre-season. It is, but it is for the championship. It's, uh, it's what, like when Lincoln took on Man United <laughs> for the Champions League. <laughs> no it, reason. They've got five weeks to get in shape. 
At first, Rocky's a bit hesitant, thinks he's a sparring partner, doesn't he? Yeah, because that's how lowly he thinks of himself. He's like, oh, he's like, I won't take no cheap shots. Mm. I'll just, you know, I'll do what I'm told. As you would. As you would. Against the odds, Rocky does the unthinkable. Assumed a write-off, Rocky goes to the 15 rounds, toe-to-toe with Apollo Creed. Um, I love this movie. It's the catalyst, the holy grail of training montages and slow motion punches. Yeah. I'm not saying it was the first movie to do those two things. It's the first one to pull them it's off. It's the fucking one that, yeah, it is all ultimately the one that everyone will then uh, imitate. Um, it certainly perfected those two things, the training montage and the slow motion punches. So it's, it's, it's also a great story for not, <clears throat> sorry, for not belonging. It's, it's the pinnacle of the world that you love. So he's a good boxer. Mickey is, Mickey is like the trainer. He's the old school trainer. He puts a lot of time into people. And then, he has an argument with Rocky because he gives away his uh, gives away his locker. He's like, "You don't deserve your locker. You had this talent and you use it to like beat beat like money out of low lives." And he's like, "You've ruined your talent. Go fuck yourself." Mm. And then talk about a fucking U-turn <laughs> when, he, when he's finally, like, I guess, announced that Rocky's going to be fighting. Who comes a begging? Mm. Rocky. Now, um, uh, sorry, not Mickey. Rocky. Mickey. Mickey might be because one Mickey's my- got something to prove as well. He has. That he's, he's an old school. He's not past it. Mm. He's still got it. And the old way is best. And they always, and then, and you know, he doesn't even need training equipment. You get some frozen meat, mate, get some chickens. Now, I know chickens coming later, but you know, that's mm. how he rolls. He doesn't need a gym. It, it is, it, yeah, I mean, it is that unorthodox training style going in the locker. I mean, it's so fucking memorable. You, you know, you got the, the downing of the raw eggs, they're running through the streets of Philadelphia and up the steps. You've got the um, freezer full of meat that he's using to box, which I still don't really get because the gym's full of punch bags. Pounding meat, mate. I don't know why he comes to see. He comes. He does it because he, there's a scene in it where he explains why, but mostly Paulie uses it to promote the <laughs> to promote his business, to promote, his, to promote the business that I'm fairly certain he doesn't own. <laughs> Do you have you ever beat the meat? I beat the meat back in when I was a teenager. I used to beat it quite a lot. Mm. Uh, now not so much. It's I'm more of a cold, mm. <laughs> lonely, dirty, sad. Go wash your hands after. You don't know where that meat's been. Fortunately, I do nowhere. <laughs> no you took it there James I mean I was, I was still in the freezer Mate, but... keep in the freezer what um, do you think I'm doing with my meat eating it Mickey Goldmill as the as the trainer you're right shows no no interest until his name is picked um, <laughs> that unorthodox training style there's, there is a lot of that that is questionable the order you get you're like and well, I you, was, you've the, been fitness have you ever had have you ever you used to train people as well yeah yeah do you ever have them chase chickens or yeah, beat yeah, the meat that's what we used to do in the gym <laughs> No, but you know, like the next to the waist, well, there was the chicken coop. Promise <laughs> as well, like movies like Dodgeball with like Rip Torn, where he's like, if you can dodge a hammer, you dodge a wrench, you can you dodge a dodgeball. It's kind of from that vein of, you know, if you can catch a chicken, you yeah. can box. <laughs> like, yeah. Uh, yeah, cool. Do you, just, do you not know that special round in boxing where just throw some chickens in? No, but I, I think at its heart of this movie, yes, you've got the boxing, and, the, and also worth saying, have to know fuck all about boxing. No. Because it's not about boxing. No, it's not. It's like the cry kid. You can replace it with something else. This film, the mm. other ones you can't, but this film is basically the story of not belonging uh, and how he gets the confidence to... So Rocky's not... Do you know what Rocky is in this film? And, it, and this is this can be quite harsh. He's a loser. So he thinks he's like... He thinks he's the cool guy on the street. You know, he's telling kids, you know, don't do that. You know, he's mm. like... don't do that. And the kids basically piss on him. They're like, go fuck yourself. He is a loser in this film. Adrian doesn't want to have anything to do with him. He has to really, you know, he, he's he's awkward and she's somehow less awkward than him. You get the idea that they're only together because of, uh, he's trying to get with her because he's the only woman like, available to him. However, as the storyline progresses and he finds out he's got 
it's like this opportunity is everyone knows he's going to get the beaten. He's mm. he's a punchline. The only person who doesn't know that is him. And that's a line that comes up later. It's like, he came here to box. He's the only one that know. he's the only one here that doesn't know that he's here to win. And mm. that's a really great line later. But everyone like ignores him to the point where the night before the fight, he goes to the Philadelphia arena and he's, there's a picture of him and he's in the wrong color shorts. Mm. And he says, he says, I'm boxing this. And the promo tells him, it doesn't matter. It's like, no one is here to see you. Mm. And like a really good scene is like, you are an afterthought. You are here because Apollo Creed wants to make some money. You are the bitch player. Even to the point that in the ring he gets taunted and he even laughs at himself. And Mickey's the one that has to ground him. It's like, you're here to fight, not to piss about with Apollo Creed. But everything about it is good. Um, Tally Shy is fucking phenomenal in this yeah. film. She's so good. Like Her range of acting is brilliant. She's so good as like the timid, shy, grows into it, learns more about herself, learns, gets away from her abusive relationship with her brother. Because Uncle Polly, who... You have to remember that in the later series is the comic relief. Not in this film, he's a fucking nasty prick. He is, he is nasty in that first one. Uh, Alcoholic, yeah. not not a nice family guy. Yeah, you're right. And he kind of gets a bit of a resolve in one of the later movies where yeah. he kind of confronts some demons and his behaviour and stuff like that. And, Bill, they, and buys a robot. <laughs> Happy birthday, Polly. He does, doesn't he? <laughs> I completely forgot about and then, that. And the later changes it changes its voice to a female. She's like, hello, Polly. Yeah. And, like, and then, then as an audience member, you're thinking, does he, is he banging her robot? <laughs> it's just full of things. Super villain. Yeah. But in that first movie, yeah, he's, he's yeah, self-centred. He's a bully. He's, he's, he's fucking nasty. He's doing it to promote his meatpacking business yeah. that he doesn't own. I'm fairly certain he doesn't own it. I think he's just like, a, I think he's doing it so he'll get more money. Mm. But there's also there's also the underlying fact that Rocky wants to be done with um he wants to be done with beating people. So he wants to drive. Unfortunately, because he's not got the brains, he's not got the education, which comes up in the second film, he can't get out of the life he desperately wants to get out of. So this once in a lifetime chance. He's not expected to win. It's the money. He's mm. driving for the money. He's like, I can get out of here. And fucking Uncle Paulie. He's once in. He was like, I'll take that job. I'll beat the shit out of people. And you just think, fucking hell, Paulie. In, in the fourth film, you're really nice. What the fuck happened to you? Rocky. Rocky. No, I, I, the, for, for, the, for, for me, even as a young kid watching these movies growing up, the, the anchor, the, the, you know, the storyline that you know, you're invested in is, is him and Adrian. Like, that's the lovable bit. You know, that's the, bit, that's the heart of the movie. That's the charm of the movie. And, yeah. and one thing I really cherish about these movies as well it, that character, that love, never falters. No, and that you know, never wavers one bit. Even in the later, you know, like in Creed, where you know you think, yeah, yeah, and this, you know, and you think Sylvester Sloan is one of them people that has slipped the, the awards radar until really Creed, when he started winning kind of Golden Globes for sporting actor. You know, in a, in a franchise that he developed, you know, that is mega successful. He then gets the awards when he becomes the supporting character. It's quite the heartbreak, but also. You, you know, satisfactory that he got there. He got the awards for it. And Creed is is emotional when he gets when you find out what happens to, um, you know, that Adrian has passed. That unquivering love. Isn't it? Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. But it's it's Creed where he opens way up about talks, it, isn't way, it? because he's obviously going for his own thing at the time. I think he yeah. goes to the, the grave. Yeah, yeah. I, I do. I just think I think that as an anchor, you know, the boxing is one thing. The relationships with the trainer. What happens later in the in the franchise when? the friendship between him and Apollo starts to develop. For me, it's always him and Adrian that's the the big selling point for these movies, the no. heart. And do you know what I always like about it as well? Is is the fight is never the emotional ring piece. Okay. <laughs> I'm say centerpiece. Is, and do you, know what, do you know what? There's something that never gets talked about, and I absolutely fucking love this. Now, a downside is 
I think this film would be held in high regard if there wasn't a Rocky 2, 3, 4, 5, 6. Because the most important thing about this film that you somehow easy to forget, he doesn't win the fight. Mm. He loses on a points decision. He never he was never going to win. He was supposed to be knocked out in round two or three. He went the distance with a world champion. That's the moral story. And then when it's been announced, and there's at the time there's a good chance he might win. The Hollywood writing would be that he wins. And does he care if he wins, mate? No, because he's screaming out for Adrian. Mm. And that's what he was to prove, wasn't it? Yeah, so that's, he's like, that's what it is. And that's the emotional centre. That's the heartbeat of your story. And everything about, do you know what? Do you know what's really weird about the writing as well? It's most realistic. When they go for, uh, she likes to skate. So he he says he uses his connections to get into the skating ring. But in reality, he just breaks in <laughs> and mm. then says to the guy, oh, you know, just let us skate for a bit. And the guy's like, you're on. Yeah, so that, that scene was supposed to be uh, taking a skating, but they couldn't afford to pay all the extras. Oh, no, that's cool. But I really like that because mm. with it adds to his it adds to his uh, his character that he's he's kind of he's an affable idiot, mm. and then he just kind of runs on the ice, and she actually skates, and mm. he doesn't skate. He's just there, and they're talking, and it's all one sided. But then it shows like it's the little things of the relationship. Like she gives him a dog, so he's got someone to run with. I and because she works in a pet store. Yeah, yeah. And I just do you know what everything about this aspect. Do you know what it's there's a filthy grime because this is a 70s film, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. This is like, I mean, you say in Philadelphia, but we talked about this with Ghostbusters last week. We said it was a time when New York was still dirty. Yeah, it's, it's, it's fucking Philadelphia's a shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but what it did for Philadelphia though, in the it really kind of encapsulated that fighting spirit of a city. Yes. Which which the city then incorporated. It was like, yeah, yeah. yeah the city got Rocky. behind it. Yeah. I did their, famous, their most famous sports personality is a fictional character. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like America's getting a double barrel tonight, but do you know what? it comes from a place of love it's we, done we with Mark um, but everything about this film is, is to me is perfect it is a phenomenal film and I've saved the best to last personally I don't know if there's anything you want to talk about just want to talk about Bill Conti mate the Fuck, score fucking what a score mm. more iconic it's, it's John Williams has basically got his own tear in heaven he, he's basically the joy he's brought to people throughout the world with all of these different themes that are iconic but no one knows really about Bill Connie, but he's fucking nailed it. You know, the Rocky theme is is the is probably the theme. Mm. Do you know what? It's, it's in a workout mix. Workout mixes are all like heavy duty music. And then the fucking randomly it's just like an orchestral piece from the Rocky theme, because why not? I love I, every music in this is phenomenal. And I really like the sound. And before I talk more about the score, I really like the sound. Like there's a constant L train going through the city. Like there's always that, the noise of the city is always quiet. When he wakes up early in the morning and he's eating, drinking eggs, there's no sound. There's just like the sound of outside really mm. early morning in Philadelphia. It sounds like a shithole. It's like, it sounds like where you're under, you're under hero. What word am I looking for? Underdog. And you're underdog, Where yeah. your underdog lives. And I, everything about the film, especially when he, the first start of the montage where he's drinking and he's nearly sick. Mm. And then he's running and, you know, he gets to the top of the stairs. He's fucking naked. Yeah. And then, as all montages do, mate, you got to get better. Then he ends up with some kids at the top. But do you know what? Banana Horrorway is really it's the good. Fine spirit. It's the fine spirit. It's the city behind him, the and, underdog. And then the underdog start, city, mate. And then he starts, and then when it, I really like it, it's when he when he sprints, he fucking leaves everyone behind, including oh, yeah. including, including the cameraman that you can quite clearly see. He's like, fuck me. Yeah. <laughs> I've got to Slow brought it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but do you know what? I, even talking about this film, I've seen it this week, I, it's so magical. It actually, and this is a very, very good compliment. It's ruined the sport of uh, boxing for me. I don't like the sport of boxing because it will never be as exciting as it is in a Rocky film. Not so much this, because it's not a... So you can tell the limitations, like there is no crowd in, you know, in the final side fight mm. scenes. It's all black around them, which it would never happen again. 
but everything's black around them because they can't show the crowd that's supposed to be there because there, there is no crowd. Mm. So everything's black. But it kind of allows you to focus on and some great makeup work because the Apollo Crews, Apollo Crews, Apollo Creed and uh, Sylvester Stone, Rocky Balboa, they look battered. But it's also the emotional grounding point. It's like Apollo Crews gets knocked down. First time he's ever been knocked down. And then the implication being, oh, it's because he didn't take it seriously enough. Mm. He's fast and around. He's, dro- he's dressed up as George Washington. He's gone to the ring with someone and he's had a sucker punch. So no one thinks Rocky can do it. They think he's a one-off. By around 14, just before it's over, Apollo Creed knocks uh, Rocky to the ground and the music's over and he fucking gets up really slowly and then, a rock- and then uh, Apollo Creed's his face. He's like, he just drops, he drops. And he's like, what more can I do to put this mm. man down? And do you know what? That's the light. like, dun, 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 dun. And I was like, mate, I was like four in the morning. I was like, yes, do him, Rocky. Do him. Knowing it, that he does lose the match. <laughs> but he does, he does, he does spot that response, doesn't it? Yeah. I've, I've, I think Carl Weber's performance amazing in this because he's so confident and hyped up as the people's champion. You're right, the showboating. You know, a lot of what the sport is, you know, yeah. about antagonizing your opponent. You know, you come down with your entourage. It's about he's striking that fear. In this case, he's, like I say, he's, he's dressed up as George Washington. He's George Washington, yeah. Because yeah. it's the, I believe it's the bicentral of America, yeah. which is why they've picked uh, an Italian stallion. But then the second he gets knocked down in that first round, that attitude's gone. He's like, yeah. fucking, right, okay, Because the guy on. says to him, the, the guy says to him, he's like, he came here to box. He's mm. like, he's not here to piss about. Yeah. It's like, you need to fucking put him down. And I love that. I love that. There's that flip, you know, on a dime where then like Apollo Creed's a different character. It, it really has, like you say, that indie movie spirit to it. And a lot of what we're talking about here, the, the, the slow, um, sorry, the low budget, the changing stuff on set. So that was supposed to be a big ice skating scene that they then uh, took everyone away because they couldn't afford it. The the shorts was an issue. It was a problem on set. So they had done all the principal they photography. Into a thing, yeah. Salone changed it last minute and then they had to reference it because they didn't want it to look like a blooper. So they wrote that scene in. And it works for the storyline. Yeah, the, just before that, you've got the robe that's too big and that's because the robe they ordered, they sent too big and they were like, fuck it, well, we've got to use it. So then they write it into the storyline that it's too baggy for him. Yeah, that's even better. Yeah, it, I love it, how it's just a labour of love, this movie. You're not supposed to care about Rocky. Mm. No, you know, no, sorry. You're supposed to, Rocky's supposed to not have anything. He's supposed to like have nothing. Hence like, and he's, he's sponsored by a meat packing plant. He's got that tattoo. He's got that, you know, written in the back of his chest. Mate, it's, all of it's brilliant. There was rumours at the time that it was based on real events. So the Muhammad Ali versus Chuck Webner fight where Chuck Webner was a nobody coming up the ranks and did 15 rounds with Ali, um, which happened in 75. So there was uh, this... There was a theory going around for a long time that was it was somewhat inspired by by real events. But Stallone kind of denies that. I think there was a law uh, there was a lawsuit in, which was settled outside of mm. court around it. Um, there were all, also changes to the script. The original script was supposed to be that Rocky leaves the fight before the end because as the fight is on, he starts to see the true nasty side of the industry. Yeah. Um, you know, so and and actually, what he does is he decides he doesn't want to be a part of the boxing world, and that was. But they changed it for the so, so, so he's going to go back and beat up people, low chance. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, the happy one takes the high ground. <laughs> I'd rather beat up a, a father of four. <laughs> yeah, I, I I love this story. I as a kid, I remember him not winning, and me being like, I fucking remember this. I remember turning to my dad like and being like, we did, but he didn't win, and my dad being like, yeah, but that wasn't he, his point. He won the big air victory. Yeah. He got to nail Tanishire. Well, <laughs> put it like that, James. No, the romance in that. No, but he, he gets he gets what he needed. Yeah. He, he gets what... And also, if you think about it, throughout the story, there's only one thing. He trains and he he's in love with Adrian. 
That's literally all he does. So in the end, he still does win because mm. he leaves with Adrian. And she accepts him for who he is. Perfect ending. Perfect Quite ending. Quite brutal as well. The whole cut the eye scene, you know, the, like you say, the the it's a bloody fight. Yeah. You know, it's quite violent. Uh, they, they both sustained injuries. I believe the tale is that the injuries that Apollo fictionally received, yeah. Stallone actually received. Oh, right. And then the fictional injuries that Stallone is portraying, Carl Weathers actually got them injuries. There's this real interesting, like, oh, so in it, Carl Weathers, he's got the busted rib, hasn't he? He's, yes. he's, he's like bleeding, uh, he's breathing blood and, and he needs to stop the fight. And that actually happened to Stallone. Bruised ribs, you know, had to keep his kind of like arms down for the end of the film. And I think Rocky's face got smashed in and Carl Weathers actually did get his face smashed in through some punches that landed a bit too hard. And, um, because they, again, Stallone is filmed, doesn't he? He's like, they took punches, you know, uh, even Michael B. Jordan when doing the Creed movies, he's like, if you're doing this, you're taking punches. There's no, that you know, there's no way around it. You know, you can't fake that to the audience. Well, that's good. Dude. Such a hardship. So he's, he's a boxer, isn't he? Uh, just the rest of Stallone knew how to amateur box. Yeah. This, but did Carl Weathers, because Carl Weathers was, was he an NFL Yeah, I was yeah. going to say, he's an American footballer. So he, he must've known something. Um, the shape of him is brilliant as well. Do you know what? Rocky's kind of lumbrous in this. Oh yeah, he, he's, he's, he's new money. Yeah, that money that money hadn't kicked in until Rocky three, mate. And then he's in peak. peak. Is Rocky he, four is peak. Oh, Rocky fitness. Rocky four is quite clearly definitely on steroids. <laughs> like like at some point, I'm there, there's not there, an there's ash a, of fat in it, on him in that yeah. one. He, yeah, he's quite chunky in, in the first movie. Like. I, which I like. He's kind of got that, like, because he has to be. Because mate, he looks like a daddy long legs on steroids. <laughs> <laughs> but he, but he has to be because he's the somewhat undisciplined. Oh yeah, no. you know, if he if he took his shirt off and he was like ripped to the high heavens and he, you know, and he he was Mister America, you'd be like, no way is he an amateur boxer. Look at him. Yeah, that's true. But by that third and fourth movie, God, he's ripped. He's such Pete. In, like, I, I generally remember thinking in the fourth one, there's a scene where Ivan Drago takes steroids. And I was like, he probably passes Daniel straight to Sylvester Stone. It's like, you need to work out, well, bitch. I, but yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, you talk about physiques, Carl Weathers, you know, what a physique he's got through the whole thing. Um, certainly, Love Dundren. Love. Anyway, come on. Yeah. Come on. Yes, we'll get on to that. Right. So at the end of this movie, it ends with them two hugging, saying, there ain't no rematch. There, there ain't, ain't no rematch. No rematch. Which is where, you know what, part of me, in, in the annals of history, part of me wishes that is true. It stayed like that. I think if it stayed like that, I oh, fuck it. Do you know what? No, because if I didn't have this, I didn't have the next films. And I, do you know what? Soap opera it up, babe. Soap, and do you know what? And don't even hang about. I want you to soap opera it up immediately. Rocky 2. Rocky 2, mate, which which basically goes, fuck it, are we going to do this? Take a, take an episode of EastEnders and put it on here. But it, it is almost, it is. It's it, fucking it's instant. The, but it's it's like it's the sport in itself as well, isn't it? It's like, oh, the first one made money, rematches make rematches. more money. Oh, do you know what? I never thought of it as a great analogy. So what really what I do like about this is Sylvester Stone in this one takes shots at himself. I believe he directed this one. Yeah, he directed three of them. Yeah, so he directed this one and wrote it again. So it starts off with Rocky retiring from wrestling. 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 Uh, <laughs> what movie is this? Um we have to wait for the third one for that. Um so he he retires. But he needs to make money, he doesn't want to be a loan shark, but he has no transferable skills, <laughs> you know. So he basically does, he tries to, he's advertising, but he can't act because he's a bit dim. And it's really heartbreaking. I genuinely think that's one of the worst scenes. It's the lowest rock you will ever get when he's got what you'd call artistic, um, like admin and cameraman just going, do it, you, you ape, and things like that. And, you know, he's like, he's dressed up as a boxer, beaten up and trying to eat, open a banana and stuff like that. It's like, it's quite harrowing. Bearing in mind, like, the guy's a fighter. This is probably the worst he's ever felt, being belittled by people he could you know, easily beat up, that kind of thing. 
And he's trying to keep a promise to Adrian, who he's promised he would never fight. And uh, and then basically um, Apollo, Apollo Creed at the other end is getting said, a lot of people saying, you didn't win that fight. Yeah. It was a points decision, but you didn't win that fight. So now he's got something to prove and he starts heckling uh, Rocky. I was going to say Patrick's racing. I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it's all leading up. So in the end, he kind of portrays Adrian. And now I know I'm going through this film a bit quickly. He, he, because I believe Mickey comes on side. It's like you can't let this carry on. You've, you've got to beat the shit out of him because Mickey wants some moolah. <laughs> He's like, come on. So they're gonna have a rematch, and she doesn't want this. So you know what's gonna happen? She's gonna slip into a coma. Like that happens. That does happen. So he starts training. His heart's not in it. Mickey can see it. He's not. He's not catching the chickens, mate. And then Mickey's got this great idea, and I really love this but not as a purist because I don't like the sport. He's like, I'm going to train you how to fight right-handed because he won't see it coming because we've got to protect the left eye that was cut. So he's got continuity and I really like that carried on. So it shows like, it shows Sylvester Stone really cared about his story. Like it was like, well, we cut the eye in the first one. So I would change my fine style to protect it. And then Mickey's like, and then at the last minute, I'll change you to swap. I'll, I'll have you swap and then you'll beat the shit out of him and you'll win. So Mickey's got a game plan. Adrian doesn't want it, slips into a uh, coma. <laughs> so Rick, it's a Rocky stops uh, training. And there's a scene where he's in the church and Mickey's like, come on, let's have a bit of a train. He's like, I can't. But I think she's faking it. <laughs> because she happens to wake up. Because she happens to wake up after like hearing something. And then and then, and then then Rocky's like, I'll do anything you want. And she's like, I want you to do one thing, Rocky. Win. Win. <laughs> and then instantly, and then, and then instantly like, Rocky's like, what the fuck are you doing here? What are you waiting for? <laughs> <laughs> You're gonna be so quick. You're gonna crap thunder, yeah. mate. And then he, and then he's catching chickens, and then it's building up. But then you've got the opposite now. Apollo Creed he no longer wants this. Now he's now he's villain because he just wants. He, he don't want to beat him. He wants to hurt him. He wants to kill him in the ring, but he doesn't. But he, he wants to. Be, he wants it to be so de- divisive that no one will ever talk about Rocky Balboa again. So during the fight, and this is this is do you want an extra let? Really like this is Apollo Creed has won because Rocky is not up to the standards of Apollo Creed. Apollo Creed wants to knock him down. He wants he wants to protect his legacy. He doesn't want to go down as the chump. So he's like, I will beat you down. But there's one thing Rocky won't do, mate. Rocky will not stay down. Because it's like his superpower is this abnormal ability to absorb punches. And to stand. Yeah. When, when no one else would stand, mate, he would stand. He'll get back up again. <laughs> yes. I think Carl Weathers' performance in the second one is, is equally as good as the first. Because so at the I- beginning, he is you know, bad and bruised after the first he's fight. He's also scared as well because he's like, there's got to be no rematch. He's like, please don't. Because he goes to see him in hospital, doesn't he? Yeah. And he's like, it, no. And that's what I love about this one as well is Rocket 2 takes place almost immediately or at least the opening scene is straight after the first movie. It's the hospital the day after and, and it, they're like- They are smushed. Yeah. And he's like, did you give it your all? And he's like, yeah, I did. Because um, that's all Rocket wants to know, isn't it? He yeah. Don't want, he don't want to cheap out. He's like, he's happy to go out as long as he did his best. Yeah. Yeah. But then, because the I think the aftermath of boxing is also something that is, throughout all of the Rocky movies, they've always touched upon. So in this one, you see the aftermath, you know, the, what the what the fighters are like the day after. You know, you've got Rocky Five, where the the impact of boxing for so many years is starting to take its toll on his yeah. body. Even, in again, in the Creed movies, when um, Michael B. Jordan's character, Adonis Creed, goes to see his mum and he's like, you weren't there, you know, the, the day after these fights, like someone had to get him off the toilet. You know, someone yeah. had to wipe his ass. He's that bad, you know? And um, I think it's never shied away from that other side. It's not all glory. It's not all winning titles and, and money. It's like fucking the physical feet behind it as well. It's, I, I really appreciate there's never shied away from showing the unglamorous side. 
No, and, and like I say, yes, they go into more depth later, don't they? They're basically in the fifth one, it opens up, we're going, yeah, you should have blocked because you're fucked. Yeah, you're taking a few more head hits and you're done. Um, and then and then this one, this is your franchise basically being created because they both knock each other down in the final round. Fuck me, what were the odds? Nice bit of slow-mo. Uh, nice bit of slow-mo, but only one person's going to stir. Bigger man gets up, James. The bigger, because what we've established that one of them's got a special power. <laughs> and that's the, the, the ability to get up. Which is really weird because apparently uh, it's just, it's just, it's not weird. It's just resorts. It's just mm. desserts. Apollo Creed was obsessed with revenge and ultimately it cost him. So there you go. Rocky 2 ends with Rocky Balboa being the champion of the world. Rocky 3, growing up, was my favourite, I think. I think it's a lot of people because you recognise Mr. T. It, it also, it's very hard for a film franchise to get to the third instalment. And still be fresh. And still be fresh. Yeah, no, and I also still be um, exciting and introduce new things. And certainly to be... I mean, I, you know, I must have been 15, so it's not like I'd seen a wealth of movies at that age. But so I, I, I do hard to think of a time when, oh, the third one was the best one. <laughs> you know, it's <laughs> never normally the case. Mate, so what you've got is you've got Rocky, he's the champion of the world. However, his fights, the, the press run at him, they're not, they're not the hardest fights. Mickey's protecting him. Because Mickey, Mickey is Mickey at this point is now a father figure to Rocky. He's no longer, you know, he's not the first one. He actually loves the boy. He wants to be there. He loves him. Now, the city of Philadelphia have decided now would be a great time to put a statue of Rocky outside the art gallery. And uh, oh, shy surprise, Mr. T, recently released from prison. And that's the backstory, which I don't know if they're coming with the film, but in the game, which, the game. I, in, which I played, um, he, he's first fighting in a prison. Anyway, he comes out and he says, you've been, he's got, he's got a trainer, but he's on his own. He's, he's got no family, like the opposite of Rocky now. He lives for the sport, not for... He lives for, like, the fight. He lives for the conquer. He's in no mood for families, mate, or friendships. So uh, he challenges Rocky Balboa to fight. Rocky Balboa is a man's man, so he accepts him. And Mickey tells him that he can't win. <gasps> what the fuck? Because he says, you've not got the hunger in your eyes anymore. You had it when you when you're fighting Apollo. You don't have it. You've lost it. You're going to lose. All of his training sessions are in front of a camera. He's become he's become Apollo Creed, and he's talking about in it. So when he's supposed to be training, he, he has a rest, a charity wrestling match with Hulk Hogan, aka Thunderlips. Thunderlips. Uh, it's always good to bring back, uh, <laughs> and he loses, and he gets knocked out. And as the first round's happening, Mickey suffers a heart attack. Mm. And I'll tell you what, mate, fucking emotions. Totes emotion. Totes emotion, that. And do you know what? That's not the hardest part. The hardest part that you have to remember is that as he's dying in the training room afterwards, Rocky tells him that, Mickey, what's happened? He says, it's knockout in the third round. And Mickey then says, and his last words are, I knew you could beat him. And then it's like, but he didn't, he fucking lost. But Mickey dies thinking that, do you know what, mate? Now as an adult, that's an even bigger punch in the guts. Like the extra pressure you've got on there. It's like, well, f- mm. fuck you. Fuck you, filmmaker. Fuck you. It's emotionally draining. And I think I asked on the I asked on the the interweb this week, what was your favorite Rocky moment? So we've had the double knockout of the, the whole four film. We've got a lot. No one said the emotional bitch slip, the bitch slap that was Mickey's death. Yeah. And I think it's one of the high points because the acting on it is it's so good. Um, Sylvester Sloan's absence of acting is that he just stands there and like holds his hand and Rupert uh, Meredith Burgess Meredith is just fucking acting his heart out and it's the room do you know, mate I'm getting fucking emotional just thinking about it right now I think the third one what works so well is what happens next for me and it was the idea that Rocky is not invincible and the money the fame the fortune whatever it is has got to his head and 
there's real anxiety. You know, it does build up to that line, you know, where he reveals, you know, what's wrong with you? And he's like, I'm fucking afraid. This guy's a monster. Like, yeah. I can't beat him. And it goes back to its roots. It's about the mental game. He's got the physical attributes. He's strong. He's, you know, he can take punches. He can get up. He's got that. It's the mental game that he's, that he's lost. And it does a really good job of bringing back in Apollo Creed, which had no need really yeah. on paper to revisit that character, that character. But what it does is actually enhances that relationship. Yeah. You know, from from unknown to foe to the, now friend. Yeah, it's, it's a natural progression as well because of their, their love of the sport and their mutual respect of each other having fought the last two films, not mm. straight to villain-villain. You know, at the first one, they weren't a villain. In the second one, it was about pride over, you know, he's too proud. If if Bollock Creed was an actual, it was an actual boxer, and what I mean by that is if he wasn't too proud, he would have won that fight. Mm. In the third one, he's retired, he meets them, he meets them just before the championship fight, and he's like, he says something to uh, Mr. T. Mr. T's like, go away. Club of Lang, isn't it? Club of Lang. I've been trying to think of it when I was raised. It's Club of Lang. But then he says to Rocky, knock him out. Yeah. Knock him out, we'll go for suds after. I, I think uh, this one as well, going into the final fight, certainly they felt like more was on the table. You know, like I I, even, I, I went to the first film thinking he was going to win and he didn't and being shocked. Went to the second film going, he's definitely going to win this one because yeah. why would they have made a remake? As a kid thinking, fucking that third movie, like that, the stakes are high. It's a big fight that he's up against. And so he so he changes trainer. He trains with Apollo Crude. Uh, goes, Apollo Crude. And goes Apollo, back to basics, mate. Basics running on the beach. Mate, that montage is the best. That is the best because also at the minute, and again, he loses his interest in it. Mm. And then there's a scene where he like goes, there's a really depressing scene where they're running in the waves. And he just kind of stops and he's like, take me. They kind of do a, <laughs> they kind of go for a hug and it like Rocky. Oh, that's no, that's he, the, he like that, slips slightly. That's the good bit. Yeah. yeah. No, we're in the bad bit where he just kind of like looks at the river and looks at the ocean. And you think, is he going to go in it? <laughs> but then, it, you know, turns out that he, all he needed to do was go to an inner city gym where boxing, you know, not the gyms that he's been used to since he's become champion. Polo Kreese takes him back to like where his trainer was, a lot of up and coming like black youths who respect, you know, the professional sport boxing and he learns to love again. You fall in love with the sport. And do you know what, mate? Lickety speed, mate. Lickety speed. That's what he works on. He works because he needs to work. And then that's where obviously the big, and it's taken how many, the, one of the most famous things to come out of it. And this was also not on the hot top rocky list. Eye of the Tiger. Eye of the Tiger. Yeah, yeah. A, a song written specifically for one line in this movie. That's a big That's a big uh, film trivia quiz question, is what movie is Eye of the Tiger in? And it's a, most people say Rocky. It's actually Rocky 3. Mm. I think a lot of people just memory, just that thing. It's that uh, Mandela thing, isn't it, where you just think it's the first movie, but it's not. It's actually the third movie. It's not so lost it, Which is why I lost the Club of Lang. And then it doesn't matter, mate. And do you know what? This is the only uh, Rocky film that ends in a uh, knockout that's not in the last round. They show mm. all three. They show all three rounds. It's basically because now he's physically perfect, mm. and mate, he's toned up for this film. But he's also got the emotional. He's got he's got the head game, and he basically just like he tries to make him mad, so he starts making mistakes so he can beat him, That's chop him about. down. And I, I've actually bollocks. I've I've popped me what earlier than I expected <laughs> in one of my favourite lines, which isn't actually in this film, it's in the next one. So shit. This one. Ignore is, that, listeners. I'll come up in a minute. <laughs> this is the, this is the one where after the first round, isn't it? He's kind of taunting him, going, "You ain't so bad. Yeah, you ain't so bad." You know, and he's like. That's the Rocky we want. Yeah, and then and then he just, he just pisses about in the second one. He's teasing him, mm. and then the third one. That's when he starts like going to work, mate. Yeah, because he's lost it. He's because he's he's infuriated Club Lang. And Club Lang's not in control of his emotions, and so he's missing him. And he's mate, he's getting out of breath. And Rocky's just like pound, 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 pound. Takes the lungs, James. Mate, he lets Club Lang tire himself out. I'm getting fucking worked up now, mate. I'm getting, I'm feeling it. I'm feeling it with these braces, mate. 
I wear braces now. Move on. <laughs> you wear braces. Anyway, Rocky Three, to me, growing up loved it. Then when I started getting to Rocky, I thought it was one of the weaker ones. But having rewatched it this week, like, I did thoroughly enjoy it. This is my favourite for the longest time. He, he, do you know what I think Mr. T, Club of Lang, was such an imposing bad guy. He was villain, Like, intimidating. Like, fuck, I would never want to get on the wrong side of Club of Lang. No, you know? you, 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 then you'd watch as a kid, you'd watch this, and then you'd watch like, the 18. You'd be like, <laughs> you'd yeah. be like nervous. You'd be like, what's he going to do? He's going to turn on him. He doesn't need no one, though. Really like Booker T, uh, fucking Mr. T in this. He's so good. Um, Rocky yeah. Four. Rocky, mate. Rocky goes to Russia. He, so Rocky's got it all. He's got it all. He's got the big house. He's got He's got the kid. He's got the wife. Uncle Paulie is no longer an abusive figure. He's quite He's quite good. Settle down with that robot. So it's his birthday and uh, they, they buy him a, a robot. It's like, happy birthday, Paulie. <laughs> and then later he changed it to a woman's voice. And the implication is he's banging in a robot. <laughs> That's nice. That's what you want in this film. But Russia, Russia wants in on some of this, some of this boxing malarkey they've heard so much about. So they've brought across Ivan Drago. And mate, instantly, they his first fight, he wants to fight Rocky Balboa. But they say, no, you've got to do an exhibition first against, you know, low class. Apollo Creed, Mr. America himself says, you've got to fight me first. If you can beat me, you can get through to Rocky. And then he hits him with so many lines. Like there's a, there's a press conference scene. It's like... The man so sad. His, his tongue didn't clear customs. It's really good, good fun. I absolutely love Apollo Creed in his element. But then uh, Rocky says, maybe you shouldn't fight. You know, you, you've not been fighting. You haven't fought for a while. Uh, he looks like a big lad. And Apollo Creed says, no, he's a fighter. He's a boxer. The worst thing he ever did was retire. So Rocky's going to be in his corner and Apollo makes him promise something. And it comes up, it comes up expertly in Creed. He says, I'm a boxer, I'm a fighter, do not throw that talent. I will never quit. Bit of foreshadowing there. Bit of foreshadowing. So uh, what happens? Probably should have thrown in the towel then. Probably should have thrown in the towel then because what happens next is there's some, you know, really weird music. <laughs> and this, this this is the weirdest Apollo Creed, uh, like, fair that he does. This one's the weird one where the boxing ring comes out of the floor and Ivan Drago is just in it. <laughs> it's like, and then he comes out riding like a dragon with, I can't remember who's singing. Who's singing Living in America? Living in America. James Brown. James Brown's there having all the fun. His wife's there. They're, they're all having fun. Yeah, he dies. <laughs> he gets, he fucking dies. Because he sets you up, James, and you don't think that was going to happen. So he murders him. <laughs> he murders him. Well, he doesn't murder him because, to be fair, you did get war <laughs> several times. There is, a, there is a memory does not serve well for this bit because I always remember the... If he dies, he dies. Yeah, but in my head, that scene was like, if he dies... He dies. When you watch about, he's like, if he dies, he dies. He's, he's, he's he does, not he does. got that level no. of uh, oh, must delivery. You. But um, Ivan Drago, obviously, he doesn't, because he is the unit. He's taller than everyone. He's bigger than everyone. Fucking massive. He is massive. And obviously, it's played by uh, Dolph Lundgren. Who, uh, E-Man. Who's great friends with uh, Sylvester Stallone. So we thought, why not do a movie together? We're both, Bridget Nelson was in there. Yeah, Ooh. I was about to say, yeah. <laughs> so you've got Russia as the bad guys at the height of the Cold War. Whatever David Hasselhoff can't do, don't worry, because Sylvester Stallone and the Rocky franchise is going to do it. They've killed Apollo Crews. Creed. Do you know what? I think Apollo Crews is a wrestler. <laughs> Fucking, this is, that's twice I've done that. Bucatina, Apollo Crews. Right. Apollo Creed. Creed. Boxing James. Creed. Because he's dead, Rocky now goes to a really weird funeral that's really weird where everyone wears sunglasses <laughs> and everyone just kind of stands in silence whilst music plays. <laughs> but that's really cool. Um, Ivan Drago has left because he's got death threats. So he's gone back to Russia. 
And what I really don't, this is the part I don't understand, but I guess it makes sense for the fifth film, is they strip Rocky Balboa of the tile because he's agreed to go for an exhibition fight in Russia. And the, the, the basically everyone thinks he's going to kill him like he killed Apollo. It's like, we're not taking the tile. You can die. We're not allowed to die with the tile. <laughs> uh, they basically won't sanction the match. So they strip him of his tile. He goes. Now, maybe the best montage. You've got the Russians using science, needles, computers. Rocky, mate, grows a beard. He grows a beard, mate. <laughs> and then and then builds a scaffolding, like when he's fucking doing the ropes, mate. He's just he's just alone with Paulie. And I don't understand what Paulie's getting out of this. I'll be honest, he's just there. <laughs> it's <laughs> it's like, free holiday, it's like, sure, isn't he? There's no, there's no robot. <laughs> mate, it would have been so great if at the end in the final fight, robot just jumps in and throws us. No, <laughs> no Paulie. But, um, I mean, this is the... This is the first Rocky is brilliant. It's the best writing, the best thing. However, this is the best bollocks. It's this one. This is the favorite. And I know that art that hurts. Apollo, uh, Rocky Formate is everything. Just like I remember the trailer for this, where you had a boxing glove with the American flag on it, and you had a boxing glove with the Russian flag, and they just they zoom it and they smash it and they explode and make everything. I fucking Rocky, everything Rocky for, and I'm not even good. The lines from. Ivan Drago is brilliant. He doesn't do anything. He's like, I must break you. He's so evil. He's stoic. He's the, he's the Terminator, but a boxer. Yeah. He's like, if he dies, he dies. If he dies, he dies. Just everything about it. And then, and then you get it. You get it, mate. It's in the middle of Russia. Rocky, the whole crowd's against him. The whole people are against him. And and it's the first the first round, he's piss kicked out of him. He's getting knocked out like you'd expect. And he's like, no, don't throw in the towel, Paulie because that worked out so well earlier in the film. <laughs> Don't do it. But then by the end of like the second or the third thing, he hits him. He's like, he can bleed. It's like, chop him down. And mate, and I'm, if he bleeds, if he bleeds, he bleeds. <laughs> he bleeds, we can kill it. It's like, he says, he is bleed. He's not indestructible. You can get him. And he's like, oh my God, he's so powerful. There's three of him. Well, hit the one in the middle, mate. That's why Paul is there. Yeah. To get, like, deliver that line. But, so then it's like, yeah, good idea. but then it's like, chop him down. And then you just like, chop it. It's like a tree trunk. Just fucking chop him. And then that's the great, the greatest monster. But they're just lumping the shit out of it. And do you know what, mate? I'm right now, I'm here. I'm feeling it. I'm confident. I'm in my head right now. I've got the picture of him where being held up high and he's got the American flag on his on his arm and he's like, fuck yes! And then he's so good, mate, that the Russians start cheering for him. And then, do you remember at the beginning when the Russian premiere come out and everyone was like, oh my God. And then do you know what, in the final scene, he's losing it. Ivan Drago had it all, mate, but he's lost it. Do you know what, he turns around, he punches his fucking trainer. He's like, you're done, you're done. And then it doesn't matter because then when fucking Rocky wins, mate, and he's fucking smashing him, premiere of Russia, mate, stands up and gives him applause. Everyone's cheering because Rocky's fucking won. Yeah, I quite like this film. Yeah, it's really good, yeah. Mate, I need to take a minute. <laughs> No, I, I, so I, I stopped recording. Can you just do that a bit again? Don't be a dick. <laughs> uh, Rocky Ford, that's it. In all your moments, I think we've peaked. There is one moment, and it's why I'll always forgive the fifth one, but this to me, this fight scene, if you've never watched a Rocky film, everything you need to know is in that last 15 minutes. It's so good. That, that And the fight scenes in all the Rocky movies are quite generous, if memory serves. They're yeah. not, it's, you know, it's not kind of get there. I mean, they do, yeah, they skip, you know, around they seven, eight, to, nine but, or whatever. Because, because there's nothing, if you wanted to watch that, you'd watch boxing. Yeah. yeah. But they, they certainly give you the boxing, you yeah. know. So if you, if what if what put you in that seat, you're in that cinema or there whatever, was, you do get that. There was like that fade thing where you'll see the fight, but then you'll see like- The uh, ring girls. The ring girls. Numbers going yeah. up. Yeah. So yeah. you know that time is passing. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, you know what? Your enthusiasm sold it to me, James. The fourth one was amazing. Third and fourth were on par. They were always on par. They were equally, you know, as as entertaining. They had equal peril to them. 
Uh, I, uh, yeah, you're probably right. Maybe the fourth one was the better one. I just think it's got it all. There up. is a moment as well of human character to Drago when... You know when uh, you know when he's bleeding and and he's yeah. like he goes back to the corner and he's like I've never felt this pain yeah, before. It's like, what's going on there? And then his <laughs> his corner start turning on him slightly. I mean they fucking reject him at the end. Yeah, and then the crowd turn on him. Yeah, yeah. he's like. It was, I was like, you've got to win this. He believes you've got to win this for us. It's like, win this for me. Yeah. It's like, yes. It's certainly by Creed 2, you know. Then that's, and then he's like, he's a hated figure because of that. And yeah. I just, but then they, they fucking mush it up. There's a guy who I believe is supposed to be Gorbachev. He just starts clapping at the end and everyone's like, yes. Then he gives the speech. Like Rocky gives his big speech. He's like, when we first started, you didn't like me. Maybe I didn't like you. But then you saw two people fighting here for your for your respect. And, and then the crowd's loving it. Like, yes, I fucking love you, Rocky. And then fucking the next day, they open a McDonald's in St. Petersburg <laughs> because of that. <laughs> That film. <laughs> so, oh yeah, there's that terrible speech. Yeah, he's a bad speech. Like, yeah. But you know, you can be friends, and we can be friends. And he's like, no, he let's killed, not, he uh, killed your mate. And then you're like, maybe let's not drop nuclear weapons on each other. And you just like, shut up, Superman. Four, <laughs> shut up. <laughs> yeah, Rocky. Mate, Rocky Four. What a. Mm, I think he's a masterpiece. He's absolutely fantastic for corny bullshit. It, it, the best writing, the best film is Rocky. By everyone's favorite is Rocky Four. You're right. It's the underdog of the films. Is no under the next one, mate. Rocky. Five. I don't know. Find me someone who likes the fifth over any of the others. No, you don't. But what I think is Rocky Five. Time is not. I think time will be a lot kinder to it than it should be. So Rocky Five was the one film that no one wanted because Rocky Four was the universally loved one. Rocky Four is seen as the best. So it's like you said earlier. The third film is never everyone's favorite, but the fucking fourth Rocky film was. There's no way if you go bigger and better, you can't get bigger than taking on essentially idealistic reasons. You know, it's capitalism versus communism. You can't get much bigger. So what they do is they strip Rocky down. So, and then this, this is the only bit I don't like. Rocky's lost all his money mm. because he gave his attorney uh, power, gave his accountant power of attorney. He basically ran off with all his money. So he's poor. The only thing he's got left though is uh, Mickey's gym uh, that he left him. So that's the only thing he's got. He's got a small house. So the, heavy, the former heavyweight champion of the world is basically moving back. So what he says is, I'll just do a few fights and I'll get the money back and everything will be fine. However, he can't because basically in the last film, he took a fucking pasting from Ivan Drago. <laughs> this scene opens with him in the shower. I believe sort of scientists offer, I believe he's supposed to think Parkinson's like, he's really starting to like feel the effects of like years of not blocking because Rocky don't block in his films. It's like mm. fucking never. Do you know what? If I was a Skip trainer. that lesson. Yeah, if I was a trainer, just like maybe raise your arms a little bit. <laughs> However, so he starts off in the shower and he starts calling for Mickey because he's, his brain is adult. The idea is that he can no longer really remember what's happening. The only, another downside is, is the child actor who plays his son in this is his actual son. Sage, Sage and he's fucking shit. <laughs> yeah. So I, I, I think he's, when we talk about child actors, he's one of the worst of all time. Or they were like Sophia in the Godfather part three. They're bad. Anyway, so he starts, he's lost everything and he gets basically, and this is really good because it's first the idea of Don King's character. So they get a Don King type character promoter who basically wants Rocky. He's got like a Mexican doctor on the side, you know, someone on the backhand who will fake medical results so Rocky can fight again. And Rocky's like, well, all I need to do is like three or four fights. And Adrian is the uh, Adrian is the soul, and she's like, no, you can't fight because if you fight, you die, and then the family gets nothing. He doesn't care about you. Uh, Allah Mickey, it's like Mickey did care for you. He's like, you cannot fight because this if you die in the ring, it's better for him. Mm. He'll he'll kill you in the ring for profit. So Rocky decides against it. 
Then he starts training, uh, starts training some uh, fighters, one of them being Tommy Gunn. I know I'm going through a lot here, but he embraces Tommy Gunn. Tommy Gunn respects Rocky. He's come from far away. He lives in his house, trains him one-on-one time. You think he, Mickey gives him like a special pendant that Mickey gave him. So there's always that bond between them. And then uh, pushes his family out. So he's like, he no longer gets on with his son. Because why would you? Because you've got another, you've got another male to bond with. Now, a lot of people don't like this film because it's so different. I love this film because it actually full circles itself. It goes, it brings with the idea of you were the mentee and then you've gone all for the way back mentor. And this is how your life could have gone. And I actually really respect this film for a lot of reasons. And I actually think this, time will be kinder to this film because I, I like Rocky Five. I have a soft spot for Rocky Five, and it's got my favourite Rocky moment in it. And basically this leads on to the fact that then he starts training uh, Tommy Gunn. Tommy Gunn starts winning, but the praise goes to Balboa. Yeah. So that goes to Tommy Gunn's head and in the end splits with him. Wins the championship with uh, Don King at his side. And Don King, knowing full well, this was his plan from the beginning, was to be the big fight, mentor versus mentee, Tommy Gunn versus Rocky Balboa. But maybe maybe Tommy Gunn's a bit, you know, not all there in the head because he's like, no, why would I wait for a million pound payday? I'm going to come to your bar and beat the shit out of you and Paulie. And Paulie has gone from abusive brother to fucking hero by the fifth one because in the bar he gives him a speech. He's like, you are nothing, you are a bum. And bum is like the C word of the Rocky world. <laughs> it's like, I don't know if you've noticed that, but every time someone calls someone a bum, you're fucking done. <laughs> it's like, you're a bum. Hits him in the face. And now what happens next, mate, is eight minutes of fucking brilliant, like the best Rocky. And it, to me, it's like, you knocked him down when you try knocking me down. It's like only in the ring, only in the ring. And it goes back to his street fire days. It's like, my street, my, my ring's outside. And basically goes there. And we don't get the Rocky theme. We get like this kind of like street, like rave music. And you're thinking, what is going on in this film? Because I, if this was an ending, I think the original ending was Sylvester Stallone, Rocky was actually going to die. Mm. Glad he didn't because I, I'm a big fan of Rocky Bobo. We'll get into that another, another day. And this is his fight. He can't take a head punch, but he, he keeps getting, it's, it's you know, back and forth fight. But it's not boxing. They, they're just kind of like wrestling, grappling. He takes some punches in the head and Rocky's dying. And he sees the last, he sees it black and white and he sees like the old fragile Mickey standing in the ring. It's my favourite Rocky moment of all time. And I said it, it's the speech he gives him as he's passing on. He says, get up, you son of a bitch. I didn't hear no bell. One more round. Mickey loves you. Mickey inspires him. And do you know what plays? It's the first time in the entire fucking, the entire fucking, the Rocky theme music plays as he opens his eyes. I'm like, mate, you thought I fucking pumped before. You want to see fucking nothing, mate. Because Rocky Five, he's lost it all. He's lost it all. He's got nothing. He's got no family. He's got no nothing. He's in his, he's in like really disgusting clothes when that disgusting night. It doesn't matter, mate, because he's got one more fucking round in him and he's going to take Tommy Gunn to the streets and he fucking does. And then he doesn't pitch, he doesn't punch Don King, but then he fucking does. Fuck you, Don King. Fuck you. <laughs> fuck you. It's, do you know what? And it ends beautifully. I'll never have a bad word said about Rocky Five because fuck you. <sighs> you good? I've Do you really, want to press record now? <laughs> yes, 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 mate. Um, I, no, I know a lot of people don't. I know I'm on the line, but do you know those hills that you'll die on? I'll die on this hill. I don't, I don't mind Rocky Five. It's just, the, for me, it was the weakest of the five. But I, I hear what you say. It's probably definitely worth a revisit. Especially I, that fact, when Mickey comes back and visits him, he's like, get up, you son of a bitch. Mickey loves you. And I'm, mate, that's what I want to hear in the morning. Yeah. I want to hear Mickey calling me a son of a bitch. I th- do you know what it was? And genuinely, like, I think what it was, was it felt like, and what a lot of movies do now is when you have a, you know, a beloved character, they pass the mantle on. And in Creed, they've done that brilliantly to yeah. Michael B. Jordan's character. as Adonis Creed. That's such a really, that's a really good storyline, actually. Really clever and pays respect to the original. Yeah. And feels right. This, I think it's because, 
when I watched it, you know, very young, your warning signs are there with Tommy at the beginning, yeah. you know, like, and that's just good filmmaking. And I suppose much on Tommy Morrison's performance that you're like, actually, yeah, this alarm bells are there. Like, I'm not supposed to fully like this guy, which means that you don't want Rocky to retire. You don't want Rocky to pass on. You don't want Rocky to age. You don't want Rocky to be vulnerable. You know, you want him to stay the champ. You know, you want to see him making 10 more movies, taking on every other dictator, you know, in every other kind of country. And, mate, you know, you want to see him fighting North Korea next. Mate, fucking know? Godzilla versus Rocky. <laughs> don't pretend you don't want to fucking but see that's it. That's what I mean. Like, I, so I think for me growing up, it just tonally but it felt odd. But it, I, you can't deny that what it's doing is brilliant. It pays on so many strengths of the original movies. The training montages are, you know, shot obviously and, for scene. And they're not. Rocky, it's Tommy doing yeah. it. Yeah. And it's that passing or, over or the mantle. Or fucking Sage doing it. Like, Shut up, Sage. <laughs> and it's kind of something that Stallone, I think, has always done, you know, or, or certainly does do well. You look at things like the Expendables franchise, particularly that third one was like a passing over of that yeah. to the new generation of... And Kelsey you know, Grammer. Yeah. Kelsey- <laughs> <laughs> Mate, that happens. <laughs> was Ronda Rousey in that third Yeah, one? she was as well. I keep yeah. meaning to revisit these movies no, at you some don't. point. <laughs> All right, a bit of fun, aren't they? Yeah, I just, I just think for me, like as as a youth watching them, my first impression was very much that no, I don't want Rocky to do those things. Yeah. I want him back in the ring. I want him. I don't want him to age and be vulnerable in these I, things. Do you know? What? I, I, but I think that's why I respect him more. And as a kid, I'm like everyone else. I, Rocky Five is is the weak child. No one likes it. I, do, I think a lot of people don't like. You know, you say you don't mind it. I think a lot of people hate this film. I just don't think. I think time has been very kind to it because it, it now shows you. What you expected. Mm. It's such a tonal shift from the fourth one. Mm. But to be honest, if you think about it, Rocky One's a realistic story, and then two is a bit when we're pushing the edge. But then three and four are like fantasy tales. <laughs> the fifth one's more realistic. Champ loses it all. You know, puts all his hopes and dreams in uh, Tommy Gunn, the next big thing. Tommy Gunn portrays him. He's left with nothing. Then Tommy comes back from it. And you just think, what a great story. And I don't know if I've mentioned this. Fucking that scene where Mickey's like, "Get up, you son of a bitch." Mickey loves you. Class scene, man. He's the fucking best. Do you want, mate? And that's why I want to propose that the Rocky Bower saga goes in the vault. The whole lot? The whole lot. Like, genuinely, the whole lot. No, I'll put him in then. Oh, put him in. <laughs> mate. Put him in. Luckily, after Rocky Five, you know, he went on to do Oscar the year after, so... You Peak. Win. You can't win them all. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Everyone's, everyone's got an Oscar, mate. Everyone's got a death note. <laughs> Just looking at Stallone's career, I can't believe we haven't done over the top yet. We played Lincoln Hawk, the arm wrestler. Yeah, I imagine that time's coming. <laughs> I imagine it, mate. Uh, it's, it's beloved. And and I think one of the closing remarks has got to be, and I love this, in Stallone, Stallone when he won the Golden uh, Globe for uh, supporting actor with Creed, um, he thanked, at the end, after thanking his agent or the actors he's worked with or the directors, he thanked Rocky as being the best friend he's mate, ever had. That's fucking nice. And, and that is such a... Because the character, you know, you could put the films in the vault. You can talk about how good the films are, you know, all day. And I think a lot of people share that opinion. But I think often overlooked is he's one of the greatest creations in cinema history as well. Did you know? And and I, it comes back from the first one. It's always a speech. There's always a speech and it never lets you down. Mm. He, he, and we're talking about the speech that he gives in fucking what we're not talking about. And the only reason why I'm not talking about it is because I genuinely wanted. I think there'll be fascinating aging heroes. Like so, Rambo and Rocky Balboa, and then you talk about something else, like maybe like a later dad. The reason I think is because it's its own separate identity. But the speech he gives in Rocky Balboa is like it's not about how hard you hit; it's about how hard you can get hit and still move forward. And that scene, that line is phenomenal. 
Well, it's, Mickey delivers it in the first one, doesn't he? I was like, I always forget. Yeah, Mickey delivers it. He, that, so that's what is beautiful, isn't it, about the Rocky? They always revisit. When I yeah. found like an idiot, can you? I've I've done nothing but be awesome this entire episode, and I feel like a twat now. Can you really edit that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Mickey. Mickey says it in the first movie, and then um, yeah, and then he passes that on to his now new son. Yeah, <laughs> but don't worry because you forget you forget about him by Apollo. So he's grand. <laughs> he's, he's done by then. Yeah, I do, I do like the other ones. I even like movies like Grudge Match, which is a clear nod to Rocky versus Raging Bull. And, yeah. you know, and, and I like the fact that they don't even try to hide it. No, and I like the bit when, when he goes in the freezer, they go, and Alan Arkin just walks in and goes, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> Get out. <laughs> like, what are you going to hit the meat for? <laughs> oh. Yeah. Should we just call this episode, The Boys Beat the Meat? Yeah. Maybe, the, you know, that's that's probably... Rocky's meat. Rocky's meat. Rocky's meat, mate. Uh, our 40, James, that's our episode for this week. We have... We've we've lovingly looked at the Rocky franchise. We've talked about so many other movies that are out this week. Do let us know what you've been watching. Do let us know if you've watched any of the movies that we're talking about, whether you agree, disagree, just let us know. Reach out to us on social media. And if you like this episode, subscribe. You'll get a new episode every single Monday. Next week we are doing... Mambo? I thought we were going to do planes, not trains and submarines. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that went out the window, didn't it? We'll figure something out for next week. We'll probably do another franchise of some kind. But... Any closing remarks, James? Uh, it's been, uh, you know what, I've been looking forward to this episode and it went as well as I wanted it to oh. because I got to fucking scream about my love of Rocky and probably work in the arsehole, so sorry about that. If I don't see you later, good afternoon, good evening, good night. Goodbye.